everybody, and welcome to Third Man In. This is episode number, I think, 36 of Third Man In. I know it's been a couple weeks. I'm oh, sorry. I'll explain all that stuff. Uh, it's Mike Hickey. I'm joined today by... It's Chuck. Uh, TR. Oh, I just called myself Chuck. I you don't did. do that. I think that's one of the first times. Yeah. Uh, TR is not with us today, uh, and... He's just taking some time off. Uh, he's if you he's guys, with us. He hasn't left this world. No, 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 no. I mean, he's not <laughs> no. with us in the room today. Uh, Tr is taking a little bit of time off. If you guys follow him on Instagram or Twitter, you know uh, he went. He had some stuff happen this week, uh, and he uh, he just wants to kind of take some time off, focus on uh, on some stuff. He, uh, yeah. So he uh, he's not around this week. Uh, so yeah, I guess. Uh, he, hopefully he'll be back soon. We yeah. just started Tales with TR too, uh, which you can check out on the Hockey Podcast Network, which is Terry and a guest. Uh, I produced that show, so I was around when they recorded last week. First episode's up now, so go check it out. Uh, and that's also something that was going to be a little bit more infrequent anyway. So mm-hmm. hopefully the schedule with that won't get too uh, bumped up. But in the meantime, me and Chuck are going to keep going uh, with uh, this and get back because it's been a couple. It's been a bit. It, uh, it feels like it's been a couple of weeks since I heard that music. Actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, and right? it feels the last couple of episodes we've had have been so jam-packed uh we didn't really get to talk about much of the nhl we're at the quarter mark of the the season now and it feels like we've barely scratched the surface of what's been going on i know uh so if anybody has been wondering what's up uh we posted about it on on the twitter i don't know if we did it on on instagram but or facebook but uh i had uh, uh an issue with the house uh oh, yeah we're had, in a different room here yeah, too. yeah <laughs> so you might also hear my dog barking because sam's wandering the house as opposed to like being upstairs from us uh um, but I had an issue with uh, some plumbing in my house that affected, uh, you know, the whole basement. Um, there's wa- you know, there's some water damage. We were Say dealing with joke, insurance Mike. stuff. Say the joke. Say the joke. I was just saying it's the first, like, I don't like the term, my basement is flooded when it's not a euphemism. <laughs> um, Mike's been dealing with a flooded basement. I know, I know. And it's <laughs> not nearly as much fun as... A, as <laughs> um, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing this much. I can't imagine the but, stress yeah, you're so under. It sucks. And it, we were dealing with insurance and stuff, and and we're trying to get it all worked out. So uh, it looks like uh, it looks like we're good to some degree regarding the insurance uh, with everything, which is nice. We still have a lot of the other. It's not going to cover kind of the whole basement, uh, but um, because the damage was. It's just it's 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 kind of a messed up situation. Hopefully, uh, it'll all be resolved and we'll be back downstairs soon. But for now, we're up in my dining room, which is my makeshift office slash ten dollars studio. And um, yeah, we're uh, plugging away here, and uh, we There's got a lot a to talk about. Really creepy clown here. That's Pollyanna, on. the dancing clown. That is. That was absolutely mortifying. That was uh, a couple years ago. I was making a movie, and the, it was like part of a program. And there was another uh, group that made a film a week before us, and they had gotten that as part of their art art deck, and it got left behind because everyone thought it was creepy. And I yeah, took it. Yeah, I, like, I, I can imagine. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't want that in my home. I'd be afraid it would kill me at night. Yeah, anyway, back to the yeah. NHL. Because a lot of lots, a lot has happened. A lot has a happened. A lot um, has happened. So what, what do you want to kick it off with? We made a list before we started recording because we get carried so away. Much stuff. Yeah, I mean. You wanted to get started with the aisles, and I pointed out to you that somebody chirped you on Twitter about being a buzzkill about the aisles, and I don't want you to talk about it because it's going to seem uh, like pandering to them. But okay, I didn't, I didn't see the chirp. But yeah. uh, Mike read it to me a second ago, and apparently, I need to show a little respect. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, everybody should. The aisles are having a hell of a fucking okay, year. They are. They really are. I work with an Islanders fan. Is is uh, one of the best dudes in my office. Is is uh, one of the old Mike Bossy guys. 
He was with he was an Islanders. If you're fan. an Isles fan, aren't you though? <laughs> well, I mean, there's, 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 I don't there think they make. Still be I don't some, think they make new Mike, Islanders Mike, fans. Mike, Mike, a little respect. They used to have, you know, they had a pretty good guy, and he left, and now that's. Oh, oh whoops! <laughs> no, anyway, uh, they're on a hell of a run. Um, what is it? What like they've, they've got points in 15 games in I a row? I think it's 16. I yeah, think it's a franchise record. They've got points in that's 16. That's insanity. So the one thing I wanted to touch on the Islanders is uh, probably one of my favorite quotes I've read all season long is everyone's like, oh, well, and this was when the point streak was at like six. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, well, what's gotten into the Islanders? What's going on? And one of their role players, uh, they didn't name who, who, who the player was in the quote, but it's like we've bought into um, a team mantra that bricklayers don't paint the ceilings. Yeah, and I was like, "Shit!" Everybody knows the rule. Everybody's pulling on the rope. Everybody's going. Barry Trotz is there on the bench with a yeah. hu- with a hunk of chew in his mouth all the time. I don't know if yeah. anybody, anybody noticed that. I haven't. Known. The dude still chews on the bench. That's <laughs> like great. It's 2019, and he's still got a lip. <laughs> and it's a mountain too. That's like, good. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, great. But but, uh, but the win streak is currently at five. They are nine zero and one in their last <sighs> ten. Their their current record is. Their record is uh sixteen three and one. Here's the thing: what I think that that win streak is more important than what a lot of, or that point streak is more important than a lot of people probably think it is. Yeah, it's impressive and all that, but they're beating the teams and they're finding a way to beat the teams they need to beat, and that's the division rivals. Yeah, they've played the Penguins what three times in the last month, and they've won every time. Yeah, even when they've been down and they've found a way to chip a goal in and and, and put it to overtime and win an overtime. Like they're winning the the the, the division rivals. Every time it seems like they come out on top, they are currently in their division. Um, because I'm just I've got the stats in front of me. Yeah, in their division, they are currently three points behind the Capitals. Yep, and five points ahead of the Sens, and they have four games in hand on the Caps and three games in hand on the Senators. They've only played twenty games so far. That's yeah, and, yeah, and they've got thirty three points in twenty, so, which is just impeccable. And <laughs> back to that, guys. This is a team that plays out of two buildings. Can you imagine, like, the, the, so this is the one thing that I always keep going back to. They play you, 82 road games a year, basically. Yeah, when you yeah. play out of two buildings, you kind of don't have a, you, you don't have a home dressing room. Like, I, 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 I and uh, somebody might be like, well, what does this guy know? He doesn't play hockey and all that stuff. Oh, well, I do know, look, I, if, if you're shuffling in between two buildings and stuff like that, imagine if you're on the road somewhere. Like literally on the road and you're going into Colorado's building. And yeah. yeah, you play in that building twice a season. Or if it's in your own division, you're going yeah. on the road and you're playing in Washington's building. You're familiar with that room. But if you're shuffling in between two buildings all of the time like they are, yeah. and I know it's not all the time. It's not like game number two at home and number three at home are going to be different. But it's fairly frequently that yeah. you, you see that they're at NASA and then they're at Barclays Center and then they're at NASA. NASA. NASA? Yeah. NASA Coliseum. Oh, oh yeah. NASA is the recording studio down in the Bahamas. <laughs> also NASA. Is it? Oh. NASA Bahamas. It's a place. Oh, I've been there. all right. Well, I've been reading it wrong all my life. All yeah, 30 no, years. there is a U. It's spelled with a U, but it's pronounced NASA. All right. NASA. Have you seriously not? Always been wow. called. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. A lot of stuff was Show some me. respect. <laughs> and we're kidding, of course. Yeah, we, we are anybody, anybody who's engaging with us on Twitter and stuff. We yeah, that, uh, so we are joking. You. I did not mean to disrespect the New York Islanders. It does rub off how I work with an Islanders fan, and I give them the gears all the time. I, I have to. It's the only way you can survive <laughs> yeah. when they're on a win streak like that. Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're second overall in the league right now. Uh, tied in points with the Bruins, but again, um, the Bruins have two games on them, so, or two games up on them. So, uh, I like how you segued there. I know where you're going next. Right now, right now, it's the Washington Capitals. Yeah. 
are, who have are 36 just points. And, yeah. then, and then tied with 33 points are the New York Islanders, the Boston Bruins, and the St. Louis Blues. And two of those teams played in the Cup Final oh, last speaking year. Speaking of the Blues, you see so, those jerseys on Wednesday oh, night? Oh, man. Uh, the last time I saw one of those was Game 5, you <laughs> dick. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, let's use this as a segue to get talking about my Bruins because, oh boy, what a team they are this year. I, I like are, are both the Latios, so I wanted to talk about the Bruins. <laughs> the I, I brought up the Bruins when we were doing up this list here. I wanted to talk about the Bruins for for this purpose. Are both what are Marshawn and Patrick Pasternak at right now? Pasternak's got twenty or twenty one. Uh, twenty goals Fuck. in twenty two games. That is disgusting. That's that's and Marshawn is probably hovering around eighteen right now. Uh, I'll I'll let you or know for maybe, sure. Uh, maybe he's 16. got he has got uh fifteen goals. Okay. 22 assists for 37 points. So he is in points. Uh, he's. Oh, wait. That, why did it all go away? It all went away. I tried Mike's, to. Oh, Mike's, no. I ranked it the wrong way. Uh, Mike's first day points, with the computer, folks. Yeah. In points, he's third overall in the NHL. Yeah. Behind uh, McDavid and Dryson. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I wanted to get to here. So everybody, I, I, I follow a couple of the. Uh, there's like hockey meme pages. Yeah. Um, the, the most famous one is probably like Bar Down. They do their own comics and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I follow a handful of them on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I think they're good fun. And there's always the it, name the dynamic duo, and you've got Sid and Malkin, and you've got uh, they'll probably spit out like Marner and T- Tavares or Matthews and, and, and Nylander or something, and they'll always spit Drysidle and uh, McDavid out. Yeah. But the one thing that I never see, like, and, and you got to swipe. The, yeah. the, like the you know to flash the slides and the one thing like sometimes they just kind of omit Pasternak and Marshawn. And right now they are they are third and fifth in the league and in I th- points. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's because everybody hates Brad Marshawn. Totally. But yeah. Uh, however, I think there's a chance here for if they stay healthy for these two guys to get fifty. And I did some. I was like, when's the last time two f- players got fifty on the same? Uh, on line. the same line. Well, well, the same team. I didn't even go the same line. line uh, Yager and Mario in 96 both got 60. So didn't McDavid and Drysaddle do it last year? Did they both get 50? I don't, I don't think Drysaddle got 50. I think, well, I'm going to check. Um, but he, he, if he didn't get 50 last year, he came damn yeah, I think close. he came close, but close uh, is not good when it comes to 50 goals. No. People tell, people tell you Phil Kessel. He got never, 50 last year. Oh, did he? And McDavid did too? I believe so. I'm going to confirm that. But Jesus, yeah. how, did, how did I miss that? I don't know. You weren't really t- doing much about hockey last year. Well... No, McDavid only got 41. Yeah, there it is. See, I, I I looked this up, and, well, somebody helped me because they were like, well, Marion Yager, 96. And I was like, Jesus, do you have to go all the way back there? And 50 goals for a long time in the NHL, people weren't scoring 50 fucking goals. Well, I mean, people are talking about, like, uh, I saw Tim and Sid y- uh, yesterday talking about McDavid's production over the last. McDavid has 44. They both have 44 points. Yeah. They both have exactly 24 uh, yeah. games played, 16 goals, 28 assists for 44 points. That's, um, and that's two guys on that team. And yeah. that is just bonkers I, I to just, me. To me, I, I think that if, if I were going to bet on two guys having 50 this year, I'm going to bet Pasternak and Marchand before McDavid and Drysaddle. Really? I'm going to I'm gonna take that bet every time. The Bruins just... Again, like it's if, if it's not when when it comes to the goals on that team, if it's not one guy, it's the other. You can bank on at least two a night yeah. from either two from Pasternak or two from Marshawn or one and one each. Um, and I'm not saying McDavid or Dreisaitl will take a night off. I'm just no, no, no. you know I, I'm just saying if, if I'm 
if I'm putting down 20 bucks on a team having 250 goal scorers in the modern NHL, yeah. it's going to be those guys. If I'm betting on the modern record of 128, which is Kucherov, the, you know, the points, well, then yeah. I'm going to lean over towards the Edmonton Oilers side and say, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to yeah. take McDavid on that. Yeah, one of those two guys is going to... Yeah, I, uh, I just, I, I think if the Bruins stay, if, if those two guys play, I don't expect them. And you know what the messed up part about this is? I don't expect two games, but if they play, you know, 78 games and they take a but little bit of time But here's what's more off, impressive to me, is that, that Dreisaitl and McDavid are both centers. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, they're not playing on a line together. That's true. And they're putting up those kinds of points. That's true. But The Bruins are getting that production out of one line. Uh, you know, but, whereas but, whereas that's your top six. This is Edmonton, are anchored though. by each of those two guys. Ed, Edmonton has a absolute like you've always got the stars in Edmonton. Kind of in modern Edmonton, I'm not going to go back to the Gretzky yeah, yeah. era, but you've got one fella on a line doing the heaviest of heavy yeah, lifting. Yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, because they've got it out of two lines this year, that's why the Edmonton Oilers are currently first in the Pacific with uh, first in the Pacific, three points up on Arizona. Um, with a 14-7-3 record. Like, they're, they're, and, and, and Tippett is a guy who has proven in the past yeah. that he can, he can make a, a struggling team find itself. And if I you like have Dave, both those, like Dave if you have both those guys that are just on fire as your top, like anchoring your top six, your goal. Well, one thing I haven't noticed this year from a lot of people, um, this time last year, yeah. it was always the big, uh, Oh, it was the big joke. It was like, oh, geez, McDavid looks like he's lifeless. I remember there's a mannequin in Canadian Tire that there, that was modeled to look yeah, like yeah, him, but yeah. you're not going to get, you know, a mannequin's yeah, yeah. always going to have dead eyes because yeah. it's not it's not alive. Uh, how much, how, how, like, the turnaround for these guys yeah. must be something. Must be something really, like, being able to breathe, I guess. Because there was a lot of stuff at the end of the year. Obviously, the year of the Oilers had last year did not go anywhere near what they wanted it to. I and then saw, at the very end of the year, he smashes his fucking leg. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, without having, like, a a, a, a cauldron and, a, and a, a cackle, you can't get more cursed than that. Yeah. And uh, to turn it around like that and have them be actually, I don't want to say a force, in, but a threat. But in the last 10, I saw a thing where they talked, like, I saw a post the other day that was team's records in the decade. Because oh, yeah. we've now closed out the, tw- like, you know, uh, from 2010 to 2019, there were 10 playoffs, uh, and of that, the Edmonton Oilers made one. Oh, wow, that's pretty tough. You know? uh, there's got to be there's got to be a team that's made less than them. Uh, no, everybody's made it at least once. At least once. Florida's the other one that only made one. Uh, there was, I think, there was one more besides Florida, but, and probably well, Florida. No, no. Well, like, it depends on what you're counting the Atlanta Thrashers because they had one year there. Um, it might have been Thrashers, actually. Yeah. It might have been. I'm not well, sure. I well, can't remember. That what carries they, over into Winnipeg's yeah, no, territory. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that that was what they counted. Arizona, Arizona's probably only got one. <laughs> uh, my favorite was how uh, Vegas Golden Knights have two. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I thought I thought that was all right. Did they include Seattle. Uh, no, because no. Seattle won't start playing. No, for I know. Um, and uh, but while we're while we're on the Pacific, yeah, let's talk about those Flames. Because that was also on our list. Yeah, that was on our list. Um, so obviously all eyes. It, it feels like we've spent a lot of time talking about the Flames this year, but only about Milan Lucic. No, like we've talked a lot about Lucic. Uh, yeah. Not nearly enough about Kachuk. The Flames. Yeah, uh, well, you know. Kachuk. Well, there was one one thing I read, and I, I hate seeing, like obviously I hate seeing any Canadian team kind of in a slump like this, but I hate seeing them in a slump and like everything's kind of, there's two fists punching one another. 
Um, everyone, a bunch of people I follow on Twitter, I hate saying everyone, but a bunch of people I follow on Twitter are like, they got to get Johnny Goudreau out of town. And I'm like, no, 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 no. They definitely don't. And then there, I mean, he's minus 11. Well, there, but, like, the, isn't look, everybody the, on that team? Well, exactly. Here's the other thing. Like, and then there's a case. Now, I'm not a huge stats guy or a huge uh, what's the analytical guy. I, I And I'm not, I, like, I think there's a case to be had for that stuff. I'll be frank, I'm fucking bad at math and I just don't understand it. That's it. That's it for me. I'm not like, yeah. oh, it's all eye test or nothing. I'm just really bad at math and I don't understand it. But then there's the other side. It's like the flames are fine. They've never been better. It's just a PDO regression, which again, uh, it's a metric of something. I don't know what it understands. It's a lot to do with shooting percentage. And then there's another camp of people saying, well, they've got to do and they've got to fire their coach. I don't think it's any of that. I think this team kind of needs a small roster tinker. I think a defenseman could get moved for a forward and a forward could get moved to somewhere like Buffalo for another defenseman. Yeah. I think that's the move. I don't want to see you know, trade a guy I really, like, I Travis think, Hammonick is the guy I've got. I think they really them. need like, I, I think they just need a guy who's going to come in and, and, and just kind of plug away and have some leadership. Like they really could use, I don't know who's, who's a good example. They could really use like a James Neal type. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. See I see what, what I did, did there. there. Yeah, I see what I did. Well, no, James, here's here's the problem. James Neal is the guy that ha- he had to get out of town because of the coach. I know. And then a I lot know. of people, those they need to fire the coach thing, are, are bringing that back up. In I, my opinion, I think oh. I think the reason the Flames are doing as bad as they are is because right now, and I know a lot of people don't like this stat anymore because we've moved beyond it. Mm. But right now, the Flames have five guys whose minus is in the double digits. Okay, they have four guys who are in the positive. Okay, I'll I'll, t- I'll say this. I the plus minus is not one that I'm favorable for, but I'll say this. Mike Smith has not played very well. Well, he doesn't play for that team. Mike Smith. Mike Smith does not play for that oh, team. Sh- uh... It's Dave Riddich and Cam Talbot. Mike Smith plays for the Edmonton Oilers now. Oh yeah, shit. They moved him. Yeah. Okay. Well, who's the, who's the guy that's getting most of the starts there? What's Riddich, the save probably. percentage? Riddich. Uh... The save percentage is probably in the low eights. It's probably like eight six. No, nine oh nine for Riddich and eight ninety three for Talbot. Okay. But the goals against are yeah, up around I've, three I've, for both I've of seen, them. I've, that's the flames... thing is the goals against is like up around three and and no, what flames you know... games I've seen are usually on Saturdays when it's the late game and I've seen a lot of a lot of flutters a lot of softies go by and it's probably Riddich now that I'm thinking about it. I don't really know if it's the guys in front of them. Again, if if I think before they fire their coach, they're going to kind of make a trade. They're going to get a guy. You could probably get a fair bit for a fellow like Travis Hamannick on the market right now. They're going to get a forward. You know, maybe a guy I always thought would have fit over there is someone like Brian Boyle. Yeah, I can Brian see Boyle, Boyle yeah. is kind of on the market. Um, I think he just signed a deal. Uh, another guy that Nashville is looking to get going right now. I they they recently scratched Kyle Turris. He's probably going to cost you more than uh, than a Travis Hamannick, but he's another guy that I can see. But also, when you trade a defenseman, you've got to kind of let a guy go to get a defenseman. I think Buffalo has an absolute fucking surplus there of great defensemen that they're going to move. Yeah. And I, I think that you're going to see like one or before they trade their coach, they're going to go uh, trade their coach. Jesus Christ! Before they fire their coach, I think they're going to go to the trade route. Um, and I, I also think that the Flames will make the playoffs. I, I think, they think will. yeah, I think they'll make the playoffs. I, I think it's, I think they are likely to make the playoffs. Yeah. Right now, they are out uh, considerably, but not really. Like when it comes to it, they're they're three points back mm. of Vegas right I, now. I, um, and but that's I, I think a tough division though. I, I don't think, know who sits. 
Well, right now, a lot of slow right starts. Right now, your Pacific. Too. Right now, your Pacific is Edmonton, Arizona, Vancouver are your three in for the Pacific. Oh yeah. And so I would. You got. I got. I got two guys coming out there. I got Vancouver and Arizona coming out. I, like I think. I think there's a chance that one of those two teams will 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 get in will get into the playoffs mm. um whether or not it's as a pacific is like the divisional seed or the wild card remains to be seen but I don't think um and I could be wrong uh but I don't think Arizona and Vancouver based on what I've seen from those teams in the last couple of years. I mean, who's to say fucking Edmonton's in first place in the division? So I, I think Edmonton's going to get in there kind of with ease. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. I think Edmonton's I yeah, think Edmonton's on track for like a I, oh, we got it right year, you know? I think I think they're I think the Oilers are kind of going to they're just going to kind of stroll in. Uh, they went just, out they went out in the offseason and they got themselves with James Neal type. How many like yeah, that guy's the real deal. Well, I I think where's he He's going to hit 20. So you take any team that missed the playoffs last year and yeah. add 20 goals. Yeah. That's a, like, he's going to hit 20. They've added a 20 goal scorer. He's got 13 yeah. now. Oh, okay. So he's probably going to hit, like, he might, hit he might 30. 30. So, yeah, again, if you go out, so, and, and on all costumes, Milan Lucic. So it's not like they traded away 15 goals for 30 goals. They traded but, away. But you know what they did? Because uh, Neil has... Right now, he's going for the Cy Young. He's got 13 goals, three assists, <laughs> minus 12. Fuck it. Let him. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I'm oh, mad. Man. Yeah, listen, you can't get mad at a guy who has got 13 goals. No, you can't. How many of them are game winners? A lot. Gotta think, gotta think six of them are. Well, I think he got like six of them in one fucking game, didn't he? Like, well, that was four. <laughs> Jesus. Like, yeah. But anyhow, oh, I, I think that they're going to kind of. I don't I, like they're going to waltz into the playoffs this year, which is nice for Oilers fans. I, so I, really, I, really nice. I would fucking love to see a first round matchup of the Flames and the Oilers. Oh, of course. you would. Oh, like, I mean, shit. that's the dream, right? Actually, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. I would love to see a second round. Matchup. I would love to see a third round matchup, third but I don't round? think it's possible. But I want to see him in the finals. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I mean, <laughs> You know what? I'm not. I'm not totally opposed to that because there was uh, Sean McAdoo did a, a breakdown last year. I think it was about a way to reseed the playoffs. Yeah, I don't want it. I've read it. I don't want it. I, I just. I want it. I. I, I, I just. I hate the current playoff format. Well, so, so much. do I. But I. I do. I think it needs to remain East versus West, and I'll tell you why. And it's unbelievably selfish of me. Late night. I don't expect these. So if it's two West teams, I don't expect them to do fucking the five p.m. Yeah, but, games. But, but late nights, man. Yeah, but I mean, like, even when it's Vegas, like when Vegas or, or uh, Vegas was probably what the the they were the they were the latest time zone recently in the finals. Yeah, um, and and yes. those games were still watchable. Uh, they when they were in Vegas. Late. They were starting to like eleven. Oh, late nights, but I got up at six, out. man. You are a buzzkill. I got up at six. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a lot of people ask me. They're like, "Jesus, how do you watch like so much? Uh, how do you watch the late night hockey?" And I'm like, "Oh, I cheat. I watch it the next day on the app." Like it's, yeah, yeah. I, uh, they're like, "Well, why do you watch a game? You know the score." Or I'm, I'm like, I like a lot of. I like I like the NHL in thirty. I like uh, not as much as I like like Jays in thirty. Like baseball in mm. thirty, the compressed games you can watch the next day are great. Oh yeah, I swear by them. I mean. It's really hard to watch, uh, but I mean, it, uh, like you're missing that kind of oomph to it, where you're kind of get invested in something, and your heart rate gets up. And if you're if it's Jays in thirty, you get hurt. No, but <laughs> you know, but, but with that. baseball is much more of a set action, you know. Like in a hockey game, the action is just much more spread out. You're moving around, things are happening kind of all the time. In baseball, you are tied to when the pitcher throws the ball, and 
and so a compressed game showing you the action of an app action pitch of an at bat mm. is is I think a great way to watch 162 games. Well, a year. yeah, baseball's a really long schedule. Um, What's the most ball games you've watched in a year? In a year? Yeah, I've never tracked. Do you it. you don't track your watches? No. Oh, I try. Maybe I'm the only one that does. this. I think you're weird. Thank I you. think it comes down to it, and you're a weird track, guy who tracks out the number I track, of games you yeah, watch. Yeah, I track my watches every year. I, I, I have, I'm the only person that's, I have a paper calendar that I write game notes on. And this is funny. I couldn't figure out why. So I had, Mike's making a face here. So in my office, I have a calendar. I have game notes. Um, it, it's all literally one or two word notes, and it's just the leaf schedule. And I put a tick there if I if I if I ran that day because I'm trying to run at least 5k every game day this season. So I put a tick mark if I run there, and then I make a note, and then of course the 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 L for a Larry or the W for a Walrus, and uh, I make I make a few notes. If you know some guy had a, a hat trick, I'll make a note of that. If it's a game coming up and Kadri, so we're playing Kadri for the first time, so written on my calendar, it's <clears throat> late because they're starting yeah. at nine. So there's a late. Kadri, and I've got a tick mark there. But I had a giant... I couldn't figure out why I'd done this. So I, I write out the games of the month at the yeah. start of the month, and I had a giant uh, giant red circle on the Phoenix game yeah. this week, and I wrote last on it. And I couldn't... And I, I, I scribbled it, so I thought I wrote late, but yeah. I wrote last. Yeah. And, uh, and there was a giant red circle around the 21st, and uh, I, I had I couldn't and and I also got my winter tires put on that day, so I thought maybe I wrote late because I'm gonna be in late. I gotta get my tires put on and all of that stuff. And then what it was was I told my buddy who's the Islanders fan uh, that it was going to be Mike Babcock's last game. So you said when did you write that down? I wrote it down. Uh, I did up the schedule when I got back from Montreal. So I. I was always a toe in the water on Fire Mike. I was always a toe in the water. You could go back to when we got put out. Um, North End Rick on Twitter, who follows the show, friend of the show, we chat back and forth, and he asked, you know, does Babcock drive the, the move the needle for you? I think is what he said. I was always kind of a toe in the water on it. I knew it was going to have to happen. Yeah. Uh, but when I was in Montreal and watched that game, I was like, these guys don't want to play for that guy. Yeah. It was pretty painful, and a lot of people have a lot of takes on that. The only thing I can tell you is that Sidney Crosby's done it and in my opinion I am a self-proclaimed and will always be a Sidney Crosby stan if Sidney Crosby thinks all right this team has to quit on a coach that's the right thing to do yeah and, uh, and, but here's here's my so thing. to answer your question the long way around I did it probably like October 20 yeah, yeah October 29th the Halloween area yeah, yeah. when I got back from Montreal I which is it's, which is you know scarily scarily close to accuracy but and i and i gave him 10 games that's yeah, all i gave no him. but i mean the other thing was like it was the day it was like it was the day before like he was yeah. in arizona yeah yeah you know so I, I was yeah i was pretty close like i i uh i couldn't i couldn't figure it out until the the, the big circle gave it yeah. away and i was like shit i thought that was gonna be his last game yeah I, but, and, uh, and he did one less yeah uh, he did one less and I have I have thoughts on this. As, you know, I'm a Bruins fan, but yeah. obviously between the, talking about this and, and then just the inundation of being in Canada and Canadian media and Twitter being all it is, you get kind of bombarded with Leaf stuff. Um, and so no, I, yeah, and so I've got they? I've got thoughts on it as well. Um, and my thoughts are, are that for one, I'm happy for, for the Leafs that that he's gone because you could see a different vibe in that in in i watched the blueprint clip they showed of that of post game the way they played Whoa. i mean the way when 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 um 
when oh, what's the kid's name that scored his first? Tyson Barry. No, oh, no, no, Nick, not Barry. Nick, Nick, Pierre Ev- Evgal. Ev- uh, yeah, so I when, call him Pierre Evgali because of Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, Frank William <laughs> But um, but I think Dangle posted on Twitter like the clip of the bench reaction, and it's before he fell. Yeah, but yeah. you can see Spezza, who at this point, like Tyson Barry scored his first of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pierre. Evgal. Evgal scores his first of his career neck. slash year. See the neck on that guy? No. But so you see these two guys get the first two goals to put the Leafs up 2 nothing, and Jason Spezza is cracking up laughing yeah. on the bench because they were all so fucked Babcock. Like, I've never seen a team. Well, I've never seen a team when a coach gets fired midseason, a team so openly relieved about it. That's what I wanted to talk about. So, uh, um, like, my, my none of them are holding back on, yeah. like, you throwing around terms like, well, what's the difference? Freedom. Like, yeah, my, my dad is actually kind of against this. Uh, I was at his house uh, when, when he got fired, uh, yeah. helping him get settled in and stuff. So when he got fired, I was, I was very excited and all this stuff. And he said, well, he understood. He's like, yeah, they weren't playing for him. That's yeah. all he kind of said. Yeah. They weren't playing for him. But then when all the quotes came out, my dad's like, you know, usually he's like, as, as far as I've watched, and he's kind of following away from hockey, he complains all the time that there's too many teams and the players move around too much. That's fine. <laughs> right. But he said, you know, usually he said it was always the same. He said the last kind of big coach to get fired was Buddy in Chicago. And he said, even, Quindle, yeah, yeah. yeah, he said, well, he said, even then it's like the, the, the players gave the kind of lip service of hate to see him go, but you know, yeah. the cliches. And he's like, they're not even doing that in Toronto. He said they're literally. He said they're uh, they're having a they're having their own kind of party here yeah. because the the guy and may I, listen. And I'm and not going to be the first and, guy to say I'm I know what what it's like to play under this guy. He's got a lot of critics going back to a couple of guests on the show were underneath Mike Babcock and and, uh, and I mean we haven't had Mike Commodore on yet, but I whoa. really want to. But um, another thing uh, about this whole Babcock situation is look like. Babcock, other than a, like his, all his successes, mm-hmm. I don't feel are at his feet in any way. You know, I feel like the taking the 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 Ducks to the final yeah. his first year as a coach set a precedent for how people perceive him. Fair, and I think that that was Jaguar got hot and they rode that through. I don't yeah. think I don't think he outcoached you know, anybody to get them. He squeaked them into the into the playoffs, and Jaguar got hot. Speaking of Jaguar, you know the jersey that he wore that season not not the playoffs, but that season that Ducks jersey, that Mighty Ducks jersey. Yeah, those frames sitting in a bar in Halifax. That's pretty cool. Uh, um, he played <laughs> he played for the Mooseheads there. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, that. yeah. great great jerseys. But anyway, they are they are. But and then and then his success with Detroit came from them being the Detroit Red Wings. They were still they still had a number of incredible guys. Yeah. And then all of his international success comes when teams only have to put up with him for three weeks at a time. Well that's he gets an all star team that I'm, that I could probably win with and he and they only have to deal with him for like I'm three, four weeks at a time. Glad you brought up with the three week at a time thing. It, it's yeah, that's probably some of it. You can I don't put know. your head down and put one, up with a one, lot for three one, weeks if one it means winning an Olympic gold quotes, medal. And it was either Chris Johnson or Elliot Freeman had tweeted it out. Uh, so one of those guys tweeted it out, and it was kind of like, uh, I think one of the players who wished to... Re- and some guys didn't even wish to remain anonymous. Like, some guys literally dunked on the guy. Grandma, yeah. Grandma Doobie dunked on the guy. Oh, man. And, but anyway, I think one of the players or, or somebody had said, look, uh, Mike is a hell of a truck driver, but... You don't hand the keys to a Ferrari to a hell of a truck driver. 
Right. And, you know, I thought, okay, yeah, this definitely is. And you could tell from, I've been complaining about it at the start of the year. He did not agree with the GM. It came out after, and I'll get to that because a lot of people were in my mentions about Dubas. Uh, I'm a big, big Kyle Dubas guy. Uh, I'll talk to you about Dubas now in a second too. And I have a thing. I have a thing I want to say about it. Okay. That. So anyhow, um, he didn't agree with the team he built and he was always throwing monkey wrenches at it. And, and he just didn't want to progress. He wanted to hold Barry on that top anchor spot. He didn't want to roll four scoring lines. He didn't want to activate the D, and that's kind of what did him in. And I guess the players wanted to do that. Tyson mm-hmm. Barry himself said, we got a whole lot looser. And it's like, geez, they're really dancing on this guy's pink slip here. Yeah. But uh, that one was the one. It's like, you know what? It's the same thing everyone – it draws back to the Islanders, honestly. Bricklayers don't paint the ceiling. Yeah. Mike wasn't really working with a, a, a skill set or a, a team that people were going to buy into it. Once no. you don't buy into something, well, you've, you've got to move along. One of my favorite things, just to, before we kind of take a pause from the Babcock stuff here, because I think we got a guy calling in who's going to want to We're not. We're not going to pause. We're going we're yeah, to bring gonna in our guest, down. Matt. We're going to bring in our guest, Matt Wright, who's a, a fantastic comic who's on the road right now uh, with Danny Boy. He was in Toronto the other night. I think he's in um, Kingston now, but we'll find out. But we'll find out. But we still, I still have to keep talking about this okay, for a second. Okay, I want one more thing. I, I, right. I watched the game on Wednesday my favorite thing that I saw is I I watch when I watch a game I focus on the players I focus on the bench and all that stuff and one of my favorite things is guys who have played under Keith were constantly so Keith is behind the bench but guys who were playing under Keith before were constantly talking to fellas who haven't so you had Dermot talking to Muzzin about stuff when the arms were going you had uh, uh, Mango Johnson talking to uh, Jason Spezza you had William talking to the guys because they all played under this guy they know his system they know his system I even just seeing the collapse right like they weren't they were playing low in yep. defensively oh, yeah. and, and in a way they hadn't before but what it reminded me of is have you ever seen the, the we often come back to baseball movies for some fucking reason on this show <laughs> but have you ever seen the movie little big league no i haven't little big league is about a kid who's 12 years old his grandfather dies and and leaves him the minnesota twins you've told me this before yeah and there's a fantastic and he winds up becoming the manager of the twins because he's such he's, he just grew up with baseball knows it like he's a really smart kid um but like that's the whole that the whole movie is about a kid who manages the Minnesota Twins. And there's this incredible scene early in the movie where um, Dennis Farina plays the manager before him. Uh-huh. And, you know, Bill, like Billy, the kid's name is Billy, like goes down and like tries to talk to him. He's like, you know, like I'm watching what you're doing. I really think we should be doing this. I think we should be doing this. And Farina is always just like, sure, kid. Yeah. yeah. And like just really being disrespectful to him. And it just kind of, you see a couple scenes of it happen through the movie. And he's just like, you know what? I think we need to do. And I think you need to let me do my job because my team He's like, I got a better idea. And then it shows Farina angrily packing up his office. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> and it just keeps running through my mind all week because I'm convinced that's, that was what that dynamic was. It was like, it. so, so Mike, we got the team built this way. We have these kinds of guys. We have them in designed to be these roles because, you know, it says that we should do this. We you know, we have all these things, so we need you to kind of coach them for this kind of style. And Babcock's like, yeah, sure, kid. Let me, let me, let me, let yeah, me do this. Yeah, and that's, that's fair. And, and listen, then to the point where it finally broke, and then Kyle Dubas got to be that guy who was just like, okay, boomer. See, and like, <laughs> see, the thing is, there was a Sun article came out, Dave Feschuk. I hope I'm saying his name right. He's not the Sun, sorry, the Star. Well, you've been saying NASA wrong. So yeah, well, that's, yeah. So anyhow, he wrote one back in. Uh, it must have been September, October, just as the season was not the season hadn't quite started. But uh, so essentially, it, it kind of said sources said that that Dubas had him fired. Dubas yeah. had him fired in May, and Shanahan stepped in yeah. and said, "No, no, we're not doing this." And you know what? Um, 
case to be made, give the guy, you know, I, I, I probably would be reacting a little different. I wish they didn't give him 23 games. I wish they gave him like 18 or 15 even. But if they fired him last May, it would have been a bigger, kind of a bigger shock, but it would have been done and over with and they could have focused uh, yeah. at the start of the year. However, I, I think, and then everybody... I made a tweet, which I'm surprised never got me in trouble. You can. It was the morning after Vegas, and I said Kyle Dubas finally gets to fire his guy. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it it caught fire because it was about 12 or 14 hours before he actually fired him. But everybody got in my mentions. Were like, actually Shanahan fired him. Actually Shanahan fired yeah. him. Dubas didn't have the guts. And then the other narrative is like, well, now Kyle's on the hot seat. Two. If you're about to fire somebody and it gets vetoed and Shanahan's yeah. like, no, we're, we're not doing that. Well, your message to Shanahan is like, you know what? Fine. But when it happens, um, you it's gotta your be, problem. Yeah, yeah. So if, and that's definitely what happened here. When it happens, it's your problem. That's why Brendan Shanahan and flew I, and, in. I think that made it worse because Shanahan coming in, coming in yeah. like Babcock knows why Shanny suddenly decides to make this road trip once they're already well, out of no, town. Yeah, well, he he knew when he he didn't know Shanahan was in town until he got the text to go into his hotel room, and then yeah. he said he said, well, then I knew. Yeah. He said I I understood. He, yeah. he said, and he did say he said, you know what, a GM deserves to have his coach. Yeah. That's what he. That's the only thing he said. He said a GM deserves to have his coach, and I'm not Kyle's coach, which obviously yeah. everybody knew. I'm wearing my uh my my Kale Matson my Kale Matson Sue Greyhound shirt. <laughs> Which is yeah. obviously a, a little bit of a, a nod to one of my favorite artists and Kyle and Keith, where they hooked up the Sue Greyhounds. Yeah. So anyhow, he has always been Kyle's coach. and yeah. it, But everyone's saying, well, Dubas is on the hot seat now. Man, you know, maybe I think if they do make the playoffs and it's going to be... It's, it's going to be tight now. It's going to be tight. That's the thing. That's why I wish they only gave him 15 games as opposed to 23. But anyway, it's going to be tight. It's going to be a race. It's going to be fire wagon hockey. If they do make the playoffs, mm -hmm. I think Dubas is safe as he could possibly be because this is one of the biggest, well, guys, I fucking told you so moments. Yeah. Because, you know yeah, what? Totally. It, 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 but, like, there's always a narrative. Like, they always want something to be... <sighs> Complete. Chaos yeah, yeah, yeah. has always got to be an arm's reach, and that's what... But I, I do think that, yeah, okay, well, this is a big I told you so, and, and if they do manage to make the playoffs, well, yeah, Kyle is as safe and, as they can. And you know what? I honestly do think they will. Um, I really think they will make the playoffs this year. I, there's still a lot of problems. Backup goaltending is a problem. Backup uh, goaltending is a problem, but I think that, for one, the team has kind of... The, I think the team has kind of shown, okay, we're ready to do it. And so now that this is done you're able to focus on backup goal. Because, I mean, people were talking about trading Tyson Berry last week. So oh, there was that's, so what many, I, that's what I... I don't know you follow so that's many, what I lost. There was so many different narratives about what the team should be focusing on. And so much of it just came back to note. Just like fire Babcock and then move on from it. And so I think that now that that's done, it's like, okay, fire Mike Babcock. Mm. And um, fire Mike Babcock and now figure out the backup goaltending situation is next on yeah, that to-do list. And, and the other thing that I think is super interesting this week, when you talk about like how, you know, a, a GM deserves his coach, I haven't heard, and I, I could have just missed it, I haven't seen the word interim anywhere. No, it's not. He's yeah. got, uh, he's he's got a, head coach. He's, he's got a three-year deal. Yeah. Which is funny because Mike... Well, he was already with the system, so I, well, I yeah. assumed it was like a he's, carryover he's, deal. Uh, but Babcock no. has a longer deal than... This guy's going to... Babcock's going to be on contract for like an extra six months or something, right? Here's, here's a... So, and a lot of people are obviously... It's been all you're going to hear about yeah. for, I'd say, another at least week until it yeah. all calms down. Um, 
Mike Babcock did a lot for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ultimately, at the end, you know, he, he fell out of favor and the, the team 100% gave up on him. Here's the one thing. I don't think we have seen the Toronto Maple Leafs yet this year, so I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. But I will say what Mike Babcock worked with when he first got to Toronto yeah. was what Mike, ba- you know, trucks. Yeah. That's it. Brad Boys was on the top line when Mike Bat Brad Boys at the end of his career. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he when he came in, I remember where I was when Mike Babcock got that job. I was driving from the North Sydney Ferry. <laughs> I had just I had just uh, done the Blue Nose Half Marathon Halifax and it was the year they were tearing up the airport so no flights got in for four or five days. Uh, so my brother, um, he's like, you know what? You were going to come over in September to lease a new car. He's He, he works yeah. at a car dealership over there. He said, just, just fucking lease it now and drive home. Yeah. And that's what I did. So I had literally the clothes on my back. Yeah. And I was uh, over there for two extra days. And then I leased a car and drove straight home. Yeah. So that was when the whole, I, I'd be getting phone calls. Because yeah. if you've ever driven from straight across Newfoundland, yeah. Port of Bass, St. John's, it gets kind of boring there in yeah. the middle. It gets kind of boring from Gander and onward for a little while. So I'd be getting phone calls and people would be updating me on the Mike Babcock situation. Yeah. And uh, I was just outside of Clarenville when, when, it, happened. when it happened. My brother phoned me yeah. and all I got was like, the plane, the plane left Detroit that's on the way to Toronto. He's ours, Mike Babcock. So I remember <laughs> just passing that oh, Irving man, Orange store, blowing my horn. Like the whole way, I must have like blown it for like five minutes, <laughs> just blowing because it was a celebration. I mean, oh, we, talked, we talked a very, very important coach at that time. And, and I, I think he's going to go on to do some things. I don't know if they're going to be as great as it was in the early 2000s into coming into a team that had nothing again that I, had fucking I still, nothing I still maintain that yeah there's something to be said about him being a truck driver um but i i still think that like you know there i don't think mike babcock has the pedigree that people talk about mike babcock having and i think that when he came in and he talked about we're not even going to talk about making the playoffs for three years. And then he made the playoffs like the second yeah. season or something. Everybody considered that a big deal. Um, but I don't think that Mike Babcock is half the coach that people make Mike Babcock out to be. I think that he's been somebody who held the reins on, on some, on some teams that anybody could have, you know, kind of like, you know, it was a, a case where like the, the horses were leading the cart. Yeah, and yeah, and, and just because he happened to be the guy standing on the back of the cart holding the but, reins, people gave him a lot of uh, um, a lot of kudos and stuff for that. And but when it comes down to it, if anything, like with this Leafs thing, he was pulling back on the reins well, yeah. as opposed to just letting one, letting them go. One he, player, like had, I think, he even got in his head about him being a better coach than he is. Well, one player even brought up. He said, "Well, I just could never understand his obsession with winning hockey games two one." And when I read that, I was yeah. like, how the fuck did this guy keep that job so long? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. And that's the thing is, like, he was out there trying to, like, trying to keep it so it's only a couple a, a couple goals. And, and that's just kind of, Can know. you imagine? You've got, you've you've got, got Tavares who had 47 last year. Yeah. Matthews. Yeah. Werner. Nylander. Yeah. You've got a guy like Kapanen and Johnson. I think they each hit 20 last year. Yeah. And it's like. Right, boys, got to grind them down. Got to get the two-one here. Got to yeah. get two, yeah. and then shut it down. If, get out of here early. Fred, you know, Freddie only needs the the Freddie only needs to. He can get away with one. We'll give him one, and then he's good. 
Yeah. Anyway, absolutely. <laughs> on that, we're going to uh, we're going to bring our, our guest on. Uh, so Matt Wright is coming up. He's a comic who's just fantastic. If you haven't checked out his stuff, we'll talk about all that very shortly. Uh, but we're going to take a word from our sponsor and then we'll be right back with Mr. Matt Wright right here on Third Man In. Brought to you by Head Check Health. Concussions are serious business. Concussions and post-concussion syndrome had a huge effect on my career. Whether you're a player, a concerned parent, a coach, a risk manager, or an executive, they're a major area of concern. Head Check Health has developed software and services that improve the way concussions are assessed, tracked, and managed at all levels of sport. Their goal is to create a safer environment of play by giving better tools to the individuals responsible for documenting and assessing concussions and providing better data to administrators to make real health and safety improvements. Head Check currently works Works with organizations across the country like the Canadian Junior Hockey League, BC Hockey, Rugby Ontario, the Western Lacrosse Association, and more to advance their concussion management practices. If you're interested in learning more how HeadCheck can help your team or organization, please visit HeadCheckHealth.com or email info at HeadCheckHealth.com. That's HeadCheckHealth.com or info at HeadCheckHealth.com and tell them TR sent you. All right, I uh, I'm gonna intro our guest right now, and I'm really bad at doing the Terry thing, where Terry really hypes everybody up. But our our guest today is by far the funniest Canadian I have ever met, uh, the funniest Canadian I know and have the pleasure of knowing, and easily the best person to watch a hockey game with. Uh, everybody, welcome to the show, Matt Wright. You're right. You're not as good at that as Terry is. No, no, that's yeah. it. Well, that's why we Matt, had a discussion. Great to have you, buddy. That's why we had a discussion on who's gonna do it. <laughs> All right, good, good. Matt, welcome. Uh, hey. I'm feeling a bit. I'm feeling a bit. Uh, Terry's out on the podcast today, and all of a sudden I'm on it. I feel like I'm the Tyson Berry of this podcast. <laughs> uh, no, not even at all. Uh, it's just we've been waiting. We've been waiting to get you on, and, and now obviously there's like some big Leafs news to talk about. And we thought it would be a good time to uh, bring you on, and also you got some great stuff to- going on to talk about. I mean, you're on the road now with Danny Boy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just here in a hotel in Toronto. We're going to Kitchener tonight. All right. Kitchener-Waterloo area. There you Um, go. And how I was in Toronto for a couple hours Thursday, and uh, the sense of relief, (laughs) it's palpable in that city right now, isn't it? Oh, man. Morale uh, morale seems higher, except (laughs) among a certain contingent who, between Cherry and Babcock, I think probably had the worst week of their hockey lives. <laughs> and it's it's funny because uh, obviously uh, you have your new record out. Existing is exhausting, and you happen to have a bit on that that I was we were tweeting back and forth. I was actually in uh, Toronto on I guess yeah it was Thursday night. I was out having a drink with my friend Aaron, and Aaron was telling me she had just gone to see your show, um, and she was telling me it was like really funny because like you had the the whole Mike Babcock bit. And Don, that's about Don Cherry and Mike Babcock. And you had to like preface it for the audience just to be like, I wrote this a long time ago. (laughs) This is just. (laughs) Imagine doing that for two years. And it's like, there was a guy named Don Cherry who had a very, very important job. And there was a guy named Mike Babcock who also had a job. Now they don't work. (laughs) Yeah. It felt like, uh, yeah. It, it, it's so strange it, for two reasons. First of all, all of a sudden, it almost felt like I was like a guy like, hey, you remember going to Blockbuster Video? <laughs> but the other side of it, which is really weird, is that this doesn't have much to do with Babcock. But I mean, uh, with the cherry side, I think, and you guys have probably heard that joke, and it is like undeniably probably my silliest joke. And none of like, I'm not a, I'm not a highly political comedian by any means. 
Yeah. And that was just pure and utter silliness for two years. And now all of a sudden, this silly bit I have to do, now when I bring it up, I have to like preface it for like 90 seconds about like, people are complicated and racism is bad and how are you? And like all this, like before, it was just like the silliest thing in the world. <laughs> and uh, now here we are. But now it's kind of taken on a different life, but I'm going to record it now and stop doing it because this has been a, 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 the strangest ride. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, um, I just, yeah, I just, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh man, like at least, yeah, at least now it's on the record. It's, it's something that you support on the record on this current tour. And then like once you're probably done this, cause you've already done the existing as exhausting tour. Once this, part of the leg of like supporting Danny is done. Like you're probably just going to move on. Right. And you can probably finally resurrect my favorite thing that you've ever done, which is the, the Ninja Turtles thing uh, that I've only ever heard you do yeah, once. And I still one. tell people about it. So Mike's out of a job. <laughs> Don's out of a job and Matt's out of a bit. What's that? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about my Ninja Turtles. You're really about that. So I can remember what it is. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's an incredible bit. It's like my favorite thing. Like uh, it's still like, I feel bad. I saw you do it at the levy one night as like part of like, you just hopped up for five minutes and did this. And I don't think I've ever laughed harder at anything in my life. Uh, oh wait, is that the one where it's weird that they wear masks and people wouldn't recognize them? Well, no, it, it's, it's that, but oh. it's, it, 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 that's part of it, There's... but it's all about Donatello yeah, and I... how he doesn't really seem to be into it. And it's like, we're going to wear masks. It's like, why? Yeah, <laughs> solid... But then he has to pick the color and then he has to pick what, uh, what weapon he's going to use. And it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get into any more of it than that because you're going to record, you're going to remember it and you're going to workshop and you're going to record it again. I just remember it. And I'll tell it because your audience members, because I, I actually forgot the line that I remembered from that, that I liked, which was Donatello saying, I'm going to take a stick. And they're like, Oh, a stick. Are you sure you don't want anything else? And he's like, nah, I'm good with this stick. And he's like, you want me to sharpen the ends of it? And he's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it was, I think it was Leo like being like, okay, so I'm going to have a sword and Rask's going to have size and Mike's going to have this. And Donatello's like, man, I don't care. Just give me a stick. <laughs> like, <Broom> <laughs> I'll tell you. Are you sure you want to wear purple? It's New York in the mid '80s. No, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You had a you had a tight ten on the Ninja Turtles there. I don't know if it was all riffing, but uh, it was. I, I, I yeah. It's still. It's, I, we've just completely gone off the rails. But we need to talk to you about Mike Dad Babcock. So we do need to talk about Mike Dad Babcock. Oh man, we, we we just talked it's, about it for a little bit, so I'm excited to to have your perspective here. Well, okay. Well, let me start with this. Is that I don't. You know, I don't, I don't, there, there is something gross that feels like about having a parade when someone loses their job, even if he makes a gajillion dollars. I mean, I mean, I understand all that, but people, you know, I think once they get a certain amount of money, they're more concerned with pride. So I do have some type of empathy. And I do think he did a lot of life work because I don't think people, a lot of people talk about how shitty and messy and hopeless the Leafs were when he got there. When he like took that, that job. year. He agreed when he took to that, take job, that job, it was yeah, and he like he kind of him and he he pulled that team out of the out of the dirt uh, quite a bit. And I actually think the most fun I had watching him was the year that he had like Pa Parento and like Daniel Winnick, <laughs> and they finished last. But the hockey was passable, and that is a problem. Like yeah. that's an issue yeah. because it's I like. I could see him. You know what? If something ever faltered in, uh, in like with the Islanders or something, I could see him going 
back there coaching a Lou team that hate and like that whole team hated belief so much. That would be the greatest narrative. I would love it. Yeah, but I don't it was think just, they're going to make it. I mean, they got Sorry, trots, right? Go I was just going to say, like, yeah, they've got trots. They're they're yeah. not going anywhere. I know, and they're never going to lose a game again. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently not, right? But I mean, like, I think he's a good. My point is, I think he's a good coach, but I think that's uh, you know, they needed Toronto needed a coach that was going to build, that was going to play a team that that they're built to beat. Yeah. My favorite line you I know, saw like, was, "Oh, sorry." No, please go ahead. My favorite line that I saw uh, was like, "All right, finally we're going to let the horses run," and I was like, "Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a way of." And Jesus Christ, we've only seen one game, but that he let the horses run. Holy, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a lot of. It was that one. I mean, I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself, but it was really. Uh, I read somebody said on Twitter. I thought this was really good. It's like Mike Babcock has a Lamber- Lamborghini and insists on driving it like it's a truck. We talked. About we talked that. about that earlier. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Yeah. Oh, this is good podcasting. Yeah, here, boys. that's right. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the pockets. Yeah. No. But, yeah. But I mean, it, it's it's true, right? Like he just he just refused to. Um, yeah, he's just it, like like I feel like Mike Babcock. It, it sort of has this like Jed Clampett thing. And hear me out because this is going to be a stretch. But like you know, when <laughs> like on the Beverly Hillbillies, when they move out of uh, out of the swamp and they get put in Beverly Hills, and they're surrounded by all this stuff, but they just refuse to accept it and keep driving this old beater truck. They you know they they just do all these ridiculous things to try to like make make Beverly Hills adapt to their way of life, and it does. Like Mike yeah. Babcock is the is the Jed Clampett of hockey coaches. I'm. I'm putting that one out there. Uh, all right. So it's 12.57 on Saturday. Something has to happen in the NHL bigger now because we've reached Mike Babcock Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> comparisons. <laughs> I was saying, that's, that's as high as it goes. I was saying between like Cherry and, and Babcock and all the other stuff that's gone on the last few weeks, um, that we were really only at a point where like Gary Bettman re- like resigning is like the only story we have left in hockey to to kind of blow things up any Go. more than they have been. Not uh, even better, going missing. Yeah, Gary yeah, Bettman yeah, yeah. just goes missing. <laughs> Hello, my name is Gary. I have been missing. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Gary Bevan's missing posters would even get booed, I oh think. Oh, yeah. ripped yeah. down. Like, oh, God, you know you'd be so easy to find. <laughs> yeah, just follow the booze, yeah. Although it would be very funny. Uh, it would be very funny to be like, Gary, you were missing for two and a half months. Where were you? I was perusing some documents, and I lost track of time. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I love the idea that Gary Batman, Gary Batman, even in private conversation, always talks as if he's shouting over booze. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's just like how he's used to speaking, and he's like thrown off when it's not. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's, like, it's like that episode yeah. of The Simpsons where Skinner gets caught, caught underneath a pile of files. It's like that's where Batman was. <laughs> and if we want to bring pop culture references back into this, the principal Skinner line that, oh, it's the children that are wrong, not me, is, I think, very uh, applicable at this league season. I, uh, yeah. yeah, that's actually a good one. Did you see Grandma Doobie throwing shade on Twitter at Mike Babcock? Yes, my that God. Ruthless. I, ruthless woman. Is, I know that woman is 
absolutely perfect. I don't know. what My, my grandmother, I don't know if she was on Twitter today, if she was still alive. I would love to just see her, like, tweeting Victor from The Young and the Restless to be like, you're some handsome man. <laughs> and Kyle Dubas, the grandmother, is going toe-to-toe with the most irrational fans in the world. I respect it immensely. <laughs> So this is I, I had no idea Kyle Lewis's grandmother was on Twitter. Oh yeah. No, she needs Grandma to be ver- she needs to be verified, man. They gotta get her with that blue check mark. Marietta Dubis, Grandma Doobie. Man, she no has idea. a she's a grown ass woman. I don't think she gives a shit about a blue check mark. I think she is like fully in the pocket already. I don't think she needs it. Go Sheldon <laughs> Keith, go. Wow, Marietta. Oh, this is great. This is like my favorite thing. Oh, read, 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 did, read the full tweet. Yeah, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs at Maple Leafs. Great to see the Leafs are back. It was a pleasure to watch last night's game in Arizona. Go Leafs, go. Go Sheldon Keefe, go. Boom. Uh, there you go. A senior citizen dropping the mic. On, on a, yeah, Literally. wow. That is, that's fantastic. Uh, and like, yeah, this is just great. I'm watching her like, she retweets like all these, all this like slight shade stuff. It's great. It's oh, fantastic. Yeah, no, it is cloudy AF. In, yeah, uh, I love in, it in the timeline of Grandma Doobie. Oh, this is this is fantastic! I cannot, I cannot wait to dive deeper on this. But let's let's take it back and actually interview Matt about yeah, about being go. Matt and being a, a stand up comedian in Canada because I feel like that's a thing we should probably talk about. Sure. So we didn't do the whole all the teams you played for because I think it's what Gander Flyers Pee Wee is probably top of it. If anything, <laughs> or did you? Oh man, I. Uh... I played. I played a lot of house league. I played, and then I played. Uh, I never played. I never tried out for the Gander A team. That was always uh, a bit too intense for me. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> but I played on all the B teams, and I, I uh, for the most part, I liked it until I started getting smoked all the time. Uh, and then I was just eventually, I was like, oh, this is leisure. And I'm just getting jacked up every game. And then there was one year I played on that team, and I played on the St. Paul Cardinals. Oh, and Hickey, you'll like this. We lost, I think we had an undefeated season that went two years long that we never once lost. And then we lost to the finals to Grand Falls. In like you should. Ever game of ice hockey. Proper thing. Retired by Grand Falls. I mean, I was retired uh, by myself. I'm not going to give too much credit <laughs> here. I was, I, you know what? I retired because it got too expensive, and I felt bad. That's actually what happened. And, I mean, then you buy sticks, and, and they get squat by plows. It's terrible. Um, but, yeah, so so after, you, after your, your illustrious career in minor hockey in Gander, um, you moved out here to town, and you, and you studied business, right, is, is, is what happened? Yes. Yes. And then you disappointed your parents by becoming a stand-up comic instead. Yes, yes. That's since turned around, but at the time it oh, was... Oh, that's uh, good. I'm glad, I'm, glad to hear, <laughs> I'm glad to hear they're feeling it now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... Uh, I mean, I don't... I, I, it hard, I Even my mom asked me, she's like, why did you do a business degree? And then I think I, at the time I was just like, I heard it gets people jobs. <laughs> and I had no concept of whether I wanted it. You know, like, even if I wanted to do it or not, people should be giving any power to make life decisions when they're 17 years old. That is obscene. Agreed. No, and and I completely agree with that. I also studied business in school, and yeah. Uh, I was going to be you? a teacher. Yeah, I started marketing. Yeah, well, like, we're networking, baby. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what it is. That's yeah. what they call it. That's, that's how you know you're happy with your job, when you call talking networking. 
Yeah. No, I, I and and like I mean, at least you still wear suits. Wow. Sometimes you know what though? This is my uh this is my uh my, my halfway point with that. I will wear uh, I will wear a jacket, but I will almost never wear a suit. I will always wear a blazer with jeans and I will never do up my top button. I, I think yeah. That's good but luck. I mean, that's, this is the lamest rebellion. That's, but this is what a, I can offer. That's a good look. I don't own a suit. I'm gonna see if I can get to forty without owning a suit. Oh, that's just sad, man. You're a grown man. <laughs> I'm yeah, Char- Charles, the other option uh, instead of waiting till forty is uh, stop waiting and making your friends feel bad at their wedding. Buy yeah. a suit, Charles. Yeah. It doesn't stop. even need to be expensive. Of course, it doesn't need to be expensive. But like, just now and again. How much money do you spend on a jean jacket? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad you went there because I did go to a friend's wedding in what I call my action figure clothes, which is a pair of black jeans, a ship pub t-shirt, and a jean jacket. I felt (sighs) all right. I felt all right. They They didn't thank me for the wedding gift I left, but I felt all right. Man. That's just, I mean, I'd like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a, I'm somebody who, uh, when I was younger wore a lot of like, you know, the Matt Wright action figure clothes, which is like suit jacket and, yeah. and jeans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, um, I'm also someone who's like really, I'm really good at tying a necktie. Like I can make a really nice knot you, really yeah, quick. Yeah, I've seen and, you dressed up. Um, and I've seen people like, I was at a, I was at a shoot last week where I was a sound recordist. And the guy and the subject that we were interviewing, his tie was like asymmetric. He had an asymmetrical knot. It was really bothering me. So I like I offered to fix it and just like did it, whipped it on, like took it off him, put it on me, whipped it, put it all over his head. And everyone's like, that's a really nice knot. And I did it in like no time. I'm loving and the then people, he was just like, you got to show me how to do that. I'm loving the people who clicked on this podcast who said like, oh, wow, it's it's like Mike and Chuck and Matt, right? And it's like. Wow, they're talking about suits and ties. <laughs> I mean, Matt's a stylish cat. Like, you got to appreciate this stuff. And it's a big part of who, his identity as a professional uh, comedian. Are you still in a, um, a moratorium of hard pants, Matt? Oh, well, like, this is my reality. Like, I'll wear, I'll wear, in my opinion, when I'm on stage, I'm kind of at work. So I'll kind of dress up. But I, I'm at the point now where I bring track pants backstage with me. So I'm really wearing... <laughs> I'm wearing track pants and like a Sriracha t-shirt 85% of the day. And then I get on stage. I'm just doing like, I'm doing 20 minutes a night. So like 25 minutes a night, people are, I'm just like getting on stage wearing like a, like nice jeans and a blazer and a tie. And people are like, what a stylish young man. And then they'll like, I'll just roll off stage and I'm wearing like yogurt covered track pants. And like, <laughs> oh, not yogurt. That's the worst kind. Oh, yes. The most easily mistakable thing. Yeah. Oh boy, that's <laughs> especially uh, on track pants. <laughs> oh, buddy. I remember we watched the first game of the year. Matt just like is surveying the room, and everybody's wearing jeans. He's like, "What are you guys all doing?" He's like, "What's with the hard pants?" But <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll. Just okay. I feel like we actually should oh, talk we are. about we are how off Matt the rails. Yeah, here. we've been off yeah. the rails since before this started. But but uh, Matt, we really should talk about kind of how you got into comedy and how because I think I think it's safe to say, and I know you won't say it because I know you and I know how humble and and incredible you are. Uh, but I think you're probably one of the you know the hottest rising stars in Canadian comedy right now, and uh, it's well deserved. But I I, I want to talk about kind of how you got there because I mean at a time probably 10 years ago 
there wasn't really that as 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 well known Newfoundlanders as Newfoundlanders have always been for comedy. There was never really a strong stand up scene in St. John's up until probably the last ten years, and you kind of came through at the at the start of that. So I mean, what was that kind of experience like? Getting out trying to find rooms and places to kind of get started on this. Oh, that's a that's, well. There was a yuck yucks here at a time, and there was a guy. Uh, there was two guys in particular: George Price, who since died, who was really like taking like a lot of young people like under his wing, and Steve Coombs was running an amateur program. So it's like you could get up on that amateur week like once a week at that time, and then two months into me doing stand up, there became like someone started an open mic room, which I didn't even know what that was. Mm-hmm. And when I started, there was like eight. I think there's like eight people doing stand-up, and now I think, I mean, I don't know who's how active some people are, but it's more like 60 or 70, which is still minuscule as far as the scene goes, but it's it's quite a lot different. Like, oh, all of us could have a dinner party, and we could have everybody here who's done comedy in this city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Because I think back to guys like... Um you know, guys that were coming, like St. John's has always been a place that had a really strong, like sketch and improv scene, but stand up itself was like, even guys like Shama Jumder, who I know you work with a lot. Um, guys like Johnny Harris never really got into stand up until they moved away from St. John's. Same thing with like Critch, like none of those guys are necessarily doing stand up in St. John's, but I know Critch and, and Harris both came out of sketch troops. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny, like, so even even still now, people are, are people have a good understanding of what sketch is, but there's a certain amount of like people are not used to seeing a stand up show in Newfoundland still, yeah. which is you know that's that's quite all right. And like, I mean, the caliber of sketch groups that have come through that's that's not a shock to me. But uh, you know, I don't know. I think I think that's getting better. And, you know, people don't really talk about this much. So stand up in general is a, is a new art form. End of sentence, like not just in Newfoundland, like it's less than a hundred years old. Yeah. So, but uh, I mean, that's that's a really good. I, I did a I did a tour with Sean, and like that's a nice part about everything like that. It's all those guys have been pretty. Uh, I, I hate to say this because it's a Kevin Spacey quote, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I think it was him, and I hope I'm I hope it was somebody else because I I do think it's nice. But he always says said send the elevator back down. Yeah, you know? and I think. Those guys, I think that those guys kind of uh, have certainly done that. Jeez, oh, I hope that's not him because that is a nice quote. That is a good quote. I, yeah, um, yeah. No, that is a good quote. Damn it. Well, if it is him, it kind of takes on a weird double meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, <sighs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, did, did bringing up Kevin Spacey kill the energy of this podcast? Well, who's fault is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, if, if you're lucky enough to do well, it's your responsibility to send the elevator back down it is in fact a, um, Kevin Spacey quote, apparently, yeah, well, which yeah. is the worst. Uh, but I'm sure, I'm sure he didn't come up with it. I'm sure you could just do, you could do the else. office assume, thing. You could do the <laughs> Kevin Spacey <laughs> dash Matt, right? Yeah. But do you ever really want to, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Spacey. You know, never mind. No, uh, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do the office thing with that one. No. Um, but so yeah, like so you start doing stand up in St. John's at the time the scene is really kind of finding its feet. Like Yuck Yucks opened, um, more and more locals started to try to get out and get rooms, and so that kind of happened at the same time. You so you were kind of learning about the process in a way that kind of the community was too. 
So how how do you th- did that kind of prepare or, or did you feel like that was a disadvantage for moving forward because because you were kind of learning in, in a way where everybody around you was too? Well, my big advantage there is that I didn't know the difference. Uh, I just you know I did not know what was normal, so there was there was no normal, and I think believe it or not that was actually very helpful. Like, I didn't know. I thought I had to be writing way more material than I was actually writing, which now serves me very well. But at the time, yeah. I was like, oh, I was putting too too much, like, too much pressure on myself to come up with new stuff. Right. Uh, but now, right. I mean, like, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of conditioned for that because I thought that's always what I'd have to do. And now I, like, you know, I just have a, a bunch of new material now every year because I got into that work ethic early, which is very, very lucky. But it was, you know, it's kind of like anything. It's not like a... I don't know, like the film, uh, like the film scene locally. It's kind of like you know, everybody kind of pitches in together and produces mm-hmm. shows, and it's it's there's a nice there's a nice energy to it. I haven't been home very much this year, especially doing stand up. But uh, you know, I certainly look at it very fondly. I'm talking about it like it was like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that raises that raises my question. Uh, your Christmas show is there one coming to St. John's this year? Can you let us know? Um, no, because I did that Arts and Culture Center sh- that tour. Oh, uh, okay. So gotcha. I did that and, yeah, show in the fall. recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. and makes, I don't have any new any new stuff. Makes uh, sense. Well, I mean, I do, but I also like, you know, there's a when you sign a, a when you do it like that size of a theater, you have to sign like a radius clause and all that yeah. stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Makes sense. It no. was it was funny though. I, I, I took in that show with my wife and my mother in law and. Uh, yes, I love that. Thank and, you. And no, but I don't know if I told you this at the time, but like we were talking about it and we were like, you know, we knew that that my mother-in-law was coming to town and staying with us, but it was the night of your show and we were like, "Oh, we want to go see Matt, but like but Diane's going to be in town so what?" And then we were both like we're texting back and forth about like whether or not we should bring your Maria's mom to your show and we're like, "Matt's a pretty oh, mom-friendly yeah, comic." Definitely. And that was actually and I was going to I screenshot it and was going to send it to you, but I was just like, "No, I don't want to put uh, that in his head right before he gets on." My folks, Matt is a very mom-friendly comic. Is a thing I texted my wife. Uh, my folks loved him. Hey man, think, moms are great. Yeah. 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 My folks loved him. Uh, my dad, I picked him up to watch a game a few weeks ago and he just rolls into the car wearing uh, a shirt with your two dogs on it. I'm like, where'd you get that? Uh, I got a kick out of it. Oh, my God. Yeah, he just rolled in, man. And I was like, where the hell did you get that? He's like, I bought it when he was in Lab City. And I was like, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had a a big... Also, the fact that people are going around wearing pictures with my dog's heads on them makes me (laughs) laugh. (laughs) Especially so hard. Especially Lou, because Lou is not a dog of pedigree that you that anticipated this. Oh, Lou's a regal beagle man. <laughs> no, but I'm Lou is in a per, Lou is in a perennial panic attack. <laughs> so if she saw her own face on a shirt, I think she would be like, "What the fuck is going on here? Did it. you get that? That'd be it. That'd be the one." <laughs> Which is just is just is my like my favorite thing. I think it's hilarious. Um, and but I mean everything. I think everything you do is hilarious. Um, so when you started though, like like you said, you you kind of came up through, and there was this kind of a sense of um, I, I like ignorance is the wrong word, but it's also the right word. Um, in terms of not knowing what you were kind of supposed to be doing or what stage of your career you were supposed to be at or what kind of you know how much you were supposed to be writing and all these things. And so what was kind of the next stage up from St. John's? Like, was it Halifax was, was kind of 
the next area where you kind of got into a, a scene at all? Or like, what was, what was next for you where you kind of started to realize like, oh, maybe, you know, I've been doing too much writing or whatever? Oh, I mean, that's a good question. I don't, it's funny because I have been, I am a very like head in the sand type of person. And it's like, in between me being like, oh, this would be a fun way to make a, this would be a fun hobby to, this would be a fun way to make a bit of extra money to, I don't want to ever have another job again. <laughs> that was like, that did not happen quickly, but it also like, and I'm trying to get better at this, I never took a minute to be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. I was just like, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. Yeah. You know, like getting on, like getting on, just booking a couple of tours with other comedians and booking my own stuff. And like when I was at 22 for like two and a half years, that was like a big, like, oh, right, this is something that I could probably, like, Jesus, compliment, idiot. Uh, this is like something I could do as a job. And like, I never even really thought about it until it was already happening. I feel like okay, you've been touring and, and for a while. But that's the thing. It just so just I just want to clarify that for anybody listening who doesn't know, Matt wrote on this hour is twenty two minutes, which is a Canadian sketch comedy satire, like new satire show. Um, and Matt wrote on that show for two and a half years. So you can, we can continue Jeez, on. I just wanted I, to provide that context. I blew that in the intro, didn't I? Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you've been on tour for a while though. It feels like your when was your first tour? Because it feels like it's probably like five six years ago. Oh yeah, five or six years ago. But I've kind of been on the road on and off since August. Yeah. But uh, so this has been a bit extreme. Like this is because uh, I booked my own my own tour dates when I put the album out, and then I got the call to do this Danny Boy tour, which was five dates initially that turned into twenty something. So it has been uh, a big a big fly fly by my ass type of experience. As uh, you know, it as everything seems to be, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, and and I mean that that's that's totally fair. But to thinking about comedy and what kind of a career in comedy entails. I, I just wonder, and and this is my curiosity more than anything else, at, like as a comic, people kind of know comedians and, and there's like a way that, like people know comedians from other mediums, you know, like so people know most comics from them going on TV and doing, you know, Just for Laughs or Halifax, which you've done, like the, the comedy specials and, and that sort of thing. And then you move into acting and, and go to sitcoms and, and, and things like that. And I know you as a filmmaker as well, and so I just w wonder for you, is that just something that, and, and I don't want you to risk you burning any bridges from people hearing this, but the, the question I, oh, I've here got, we go. No, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just wondering if for you is moving into stuff like, like television and writing for television and writing for, you know, film and, and trying to push that way. Is that you trying to, to, to push yourself in terms of finding new mediums or is it because those things are, you know, kind of boxes you tick as a comedian on how to make a living. Or, if, you no, know, or, I mean, or is it for you the most rewarding thing is to be there with a the crowd? Well, for me, I mean, stand-up is the best. There's like, there's something about stand-up that is so great that I feel very lucky in the sense that I, oh, I could just write something and then I could go do stand-up. Mm -hmm. And then it's that night I'll know if it was good or not. Right. Uh, and I mean, stand-up is my favorite thing. I like to do other stuff. I mean, I kind of would, I, I like the idea of making anything that will eventually make someone who's hungover on a Sunday have a better afternoon on the couch. That's pretty well, that's pretty well basically where all my focus 
kind of lays. And in terms of like filmmaking and stuff, and Mike, you know, just because we work on a bunch of stuff together, it's like it's fun to work with people. Yeah. So it's like as 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 long as you know, there's a project that I would like to be a part of, and I can, you know, the people that you're around are happy. So I would love to do that stuff, and it just flexes a different a different muscle, and also. Mm-hmm. I can work not on the road. That's yeah. A, that's a nice thing. You can kind of set up shop for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that has, uh, slowly become a little bit rare. And I mean, also like I, I, I gave, I started doing this when I was 23, I think almost 24. And I did say that I was like, all right, I'm just going to give myself 10 years to try a bunch of different stuff and get better at it. And then I'll be, I'll be more focused on what I need to, like zero in on then it it felt arrogant to be like oh I'll be this because like I didn't know what I did at right oh and I still don't <laughs> <laughs> back to the fact that you've been on the road uh, on this tour since uh, geez you know uh, a good stretch how do you follow the games because I I have uh, I've texted you in the middle of Leafs games and I was like oh shit he's got a show tonight but you're always very aware of how the Leafs are playing even when you're even when you're doing a show how does that work. Well, first of all, my priorities are in the wrong place. That always helps. Um, no, it's for me, honestly, it's like a big... I like to try to recreate my home kind of routine as much as possible when I am on the road, just for, like, sleep's sake. And I do have NHL Game Center, and I I will watch the games. I always have it backstage in a laptop, uh, which, depending on who I'm working with, is either very convenient or very annoying. Um, but I do always have it there. And even I could pause it when I go on stage and then I'll just come back and catch up on what was happening. So that's been good. And I play in like two fancy hockey leagues. Like this is a great, uh, I don't know. There's, there's, it's almost like hockey has become like a, it's going to sound sad, like a security blanket type of thing. It's just like, it's like a cozy thing that you watch sometimes fills you with rage, but is regardless always there. Uh, yeah, I I absolutely identify with that as a security blanket that sometimes fills you with rage, but hopefully going forward not as much. Uh, one one of my friends who plays in a band, because um, I was always kind of curious. One of my friends, his monitor guy, he wears in ears, and his monitor guy would give him the scores and updates as he was playing. I respect that. Yeah, so much. that is that was that was like wow, that is intense. Like this guy is. I I just I just feel like that's that's a thing that I don't want. I don't want to process that information in front of people. I mean, after we did Matt this past year, I don't know if you caught any of it, but this past year during the playoffs, Chuck talked me into uh, live streaming us watching one of the Bruins games in the finals. I still feel bad about that. And it's what could have, it had the potential to be like the three to one game in the series. And it said they lost. And I, um, I was quite not okay with it. And, and since then I, I, I've become more and more aware of, I'm a bad loser. Like I don't like it when my team loses the Boston Bruins have lost more Stanley cups than anyone else. And that sucks a lot. Um, and they and yeah. Okay. Are you I mean, are you trying to make me empathize to your playoff record as a least <laughs> fan? Because I don't think you're going to get that out of me here. That's where you're going. I know, like, I mean, I know it's probably not going to happen with you guys, but I'm just saying that's a stat. I'm going to chirp. Oh, we got last year, we got too close. (laughs) (laughs) 
Man, but that's the thing. Is 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 you know? I'm with you. I bet that hurts six times as much. I, mean, I don't feel bad, but I bet it hurts. I mean, I'm sure at some point you guys are going to find out how crushing a second round loss is, let alone losing in the finals. But <laughs> <laughs> this is your year. You're going to lose in the second. It's going to be great. Uh, Can but, we agree? Uh, let me let me let me ask you this. Can yeah. we agree that the playoff format sucks? Yes, we were talking about that earlier too. But Chuck likes it. Oh, apparently. good. Oh, I don't like it. I just don't want a West versus West Stanley Cup Finals. I just, like Mike I, is okay with. I'm, that. I'm, I'm just. I, I, I'm. I'm okay with the bracket being reseeded constantly. Um, and, Me and, too. I would do it every every conference. And I mean, I, I know that because of travel, this is not realistic. But that's the argument against it. But honestly, like I think it would be great if it the playoffs were one versus 16 and you just did the best 16 teams made it and then, and the then next, people are like well well what about travel well the teams are doing the same amount of travel it's like yeah. there's no you're at the mercy of, of luck what like about, everybody else what about travel do you understand how like good travel is right now we are probably at the greatest it's ever been for travel like I had that a guy, is such a good point. I, I had a guy tell me I was I just flew back from South Carolina the other night and uh, a guy was telling me we were out to dinner on on Wednesday, I guess. And we were talking about flying and talking about trips and all this kind of stuff. And he says, you know, I kind of like turbulence a bit because it like reminds me I'm flying because oh, otherwise oh. it's just too chill. And I was just kind of like one. That's an incredible metaphor for life. But also when it was really <laughs> bumping. When it was when it was really bumpy on the way into St. John's, I was keeping it in mind, like, okay, the pilot's like wind. This is just let me know it's flying. Like, yeah, it's just whatever. But you know, if if it's like, oh no, we have to sit on a jet, like, you know, like, oh, we've got to fly from New York to to Vegas a couple extra times. Like, fuck off. You're NHLers playing in this in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, you know, suck it up, boys. There's a great there's a great <laughs> yeah. line in John Scott's and book. The team- that talks about the travel as uh, when he got was when, when he was with the uh, NHL and then he got sent down to the uh, AHL and he's like, Oh yeah. It's like, you're very aware very quickly that you're not on a chartered jet that they're feeding you just the right amount of calories to recover. And then ask you, would you like a Guinness for some flavor? And it's like the NHL yeah. travel got it good. now. Yeah. And also like, yeah, like all this stuff. And like, I understand that, you know, it, there is a real impact on sleep. I've read a bit, a bunch of stuff about that, and it's very interesting to me. But, like, again, people talk about travel, and it's like, it's just like, like people talk about it like, oh, yeah, well, the travel, I mean, like, you're not, you're not in a Flintstone car, like, dragging <laughs> your bare feet across the ground. Like, you're in a plane. There's people, like, in a hammock that has an ice bath in it, getting fed grapes while it happens. <laughs> they play Nintendo Switch. Like, it's not like, oh, no. I have to sit in the. They're sitting in the sky in a chair more comfortable than what I have at my house. I don't care. One versus sixteen. I demand it. Yeah, I mean, I'm. It's you know, I've like I said, I flew back from South Carolina. It was twenty, twenty-two hours, I think, from the time my alarm went off in the morning until I got in the front door of my house. Um, you were and, in South. You were in South Carolina. Is yeah, Canada not racist enough for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what, man? I didn't see shit. It was great. Everybody I talked to. You know, my dad says the same thing, and I'm out of my dad's pool. Um, <laughs> so I flew back from South Carolina. It was a three leg flight. I went. I went. I was in Columbia. Flew from Columbia to Charlotte. 
Charlotte to Toronto, Toronto to St. John's because our, our flight originally only had an hour layover in Toronto and we had to clear us customs and change terminals. We had to like rebook the St. John's leg and ended up being like 10 hour layover in, in Toronto. So it, it was like exceptionally long, but that was me flying economy on like air Canada Rouge and American Eagle. It's not an NHL team during the playoffs you know, on, on chartered flights that are specifically for them to, to, to get from point A to B. Like, I'm exactly. sorry, like, you know, the longest you're going to be flying anywhere is going to be max four or five hours. Five and that's, hours. Assuming, that's assuming it's like Boston to LA. Yeah, five hours <laughs> is the longest they're going to do. That's, you know, like going from Florida to Vancouver or Edmonton. Yeah. Like, come on, that's, guys. Like, yeah. the, the chances that both of those teams get seated against each other are so low. Imagine a Florida and Vancouver final, Mike. You just put that in my head. Yeah. 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 You just put Can that you in imagine my head. how nobody would watch that? Some of the worst jerseys going playing. Oh, my God. Those weird, like, navy blue Panthers jerseys. Man, and, and, and when you saw the, 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 the Canucks the other night pull out the old skates oh, and it's just like, Jeez. You guys are so close to just going oh, back to those being perfect. Oh, my God. It's this, so this good. This close to greatness. This close yeah. to greatness. And, I mean. It, it reminds me of, like, it reminds me of Pavel Bure, yep. like, flying yeah. down the ice, wearing a visor the size of a windshield. Yes. <laughs> I miss it. I know. And Every like, other player tapping their sticks for a pass, and he's like, no, boys, I got it. No, this but and he's like, I don't speak English. He's like, I didn't say anything, Cabo. I tapped my sticks. He's like, sorry, no English. <laughs> I, I just, I saw someone talking the other day about, like, uh, how the the Nordiques, just before they moved, were changing their jerseys. They had oh, a yeah, whole they were plan. hideous. They had, were going to go, like, purple and teal. They had a wolf on them. And it was like this, and they were like such a peak late '90s AHL jersey, unbelievably look hideous. And everyone's like, and it's terrible because they had like one of the best jerseys of all time. But like that means that right now, if the Nordiques had stayed in Quebec, right now they would just be reintroducing those old ones, the, the igloo jerseys, as throwbacks, and we would all be losing our minds. Oh, we'll be there. We'll oh, get yeah. there very quickly. Like, oh my we'll, god, we'll be yeah. seeing those next Christmas. And I, I just don't understand how. And while we're just on this jersey tangent, how have the LA Kings not figured it out? I know they're doing the the white Gretzky era throwbacks for like one game this year, but how have they not realized that that's just what we want? Please give it to us. I think yeah. I think they're gonna get you to buy everything. That's what the Penguins did. They'll get you to buy everything else before they give you what you want, and then yeah. you buy that. Yeah, I mean that's that's simply what no, it is. But I mean, it's their like, stadium series jerseys are the, so ugly. The LA jerseys, they're like, hey, buddy, you have a team, and it's like, okay, so we have two color schemes. We have uh, black and white. And like, okay, that's pretty subtle. And uh, what else? And it's like, oh, we have purple and gold for their old uniforms. Like those two things, like that. Is a big pendulum swing in either direction. <laughs> Where are you from again? I'm from Gander. And what color did Gander wear? Purple and gold, baby. Yeah, there we go. And we only found out, uh, we only found this out like la- a couple weeks ago from Nashville. That I always assumed that it was like the. Um, we always assumed that the Gander Flyers were like everything was based around Philadelphia Flyers, and they just liked the color pattern of. I guess it's like something to do with the Rotary Club in Gander or something. Liked that color pattern better. And then we saw the the Dixie Flyers yeah. jerseys when Nashville designed their throwbacks. And we went, oh, that's what that's all this is based on because it looks exactly like it. Which there you was go. interesting. Yeah. Hey, how was the Bell Center, Matt? Oh, it was amazing. But while we're on the jerseys, I got to get at this. I got to get right. this out. Yep. Worst jerseys in the league Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep. Oh, yeah. Tampa. Yeah. 
And I'll tell you why. I mean, I do think putting bolts on your jersey is embarrassing. And <laughs> uh, the same... In the same way that I feel putting sands on it, it's just like, don't put your abbreviations on your, Jesus, get your shit yeah. together. Yeah. But, listen, I don't care how you feel about the Leafs. They have, they've been in the league for a million years. You don't put a team in your division and just like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do the same color scheme as this very non-famous team. And yeah. now they just look like you turned the Leafs jerseys inside out and put Stamkos on the back. It is infuriating. The black the Antichuk ones, like the black and the silver, they were great. I honestly, anyway. here, here, here's my take on that. Close second New Jersey Devils for me. Very boring. Um, Very boring. No, jersey. but here's my take. Oh, on, I love the Devils. Oh. I think the Devils are a great one. I don't I don't think they're nearly as uh, as boring as uh, as Chuck will always argue. Yeah. Um, but here's my thing. What do you feel about the, with the green one? Oh, the, the green, green ones. Are green. The, the, green, the, green ones are, the green ones in the white shell, the, the, the old home green ones with the white. Beautiful jerseys. When you just strip that green out and make a black, very boring. It's like a feeder football league to me. It's not. It's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? It looks like looks like that like that Sega Genesis mutant football league color scheme to me. It's just boring. Um, <laughs> so are you saying, Mike? I think I cut you off. Buddy. No, I was just gonna say like I, what I I think happened uh, with those with those Tampa jerseys is think of the timing in which they came out. That was. Or they they switched to those the jerseys that we all hate so much in 2011, which was right around the same time. And I'm just going to confirm this while I'm saying it out loud. It wasn't that long after Steve Eiserman came to Tampa Bay, and what those jerseys to Tampa Bay look like to me is just going okay. Black, white, and blue are our colors, and so they just designed jerseys to look like take you know options within that and make blue and white Red Wings jerseys. That's to me what they look like even more so. Like I know when you're watching them play against the Leafs, you're like, okay, who's home? Who's away? Trying to figure it out. But like the white ones, especially the, like, you know, the, the, the blue ones, especially are just blue Red Wings jerseys. So you're ripping up two original six teams at once. How yeah. am I angrier about this than when we've begun? This is deeply yeah, and I mean, wrong. Uh, and I think that's all they were trying to do is just like homage the Red Wings and and play up Eisner and like that's it. They just tried to make a Tampa Bay version of it. It was basically if someone tried to do a hybrid and just tried to like, okay, let's try to make a, a, a Tampa Bay jersey um, that is based on the Red Wings. And that's exactly what those jerseys are. And, and it's because of Iserman. But as ugly and, and horrible as they are, when they were like, okay, we're going to do a third jersey though. And we're going to make it more infuriating because they're going to be dark gray on black. <laughs> oh, I didn't have a little jersey, a bit of jersey minutia. Uh, Vegas jerseys, in my opinion, would be perfect if they did not have one red stripe. That oh. one red you know what it looks like? It's like if you were creating a team in NHL and you forgot to fix something and then you have to play the whole season without it before you you put it on again. Yeah. But they forgot one red patch. The gray and gold looks amazing. The uniforms are perfect, except for the red. And I'm I get what you're saying. I don't know if anyone on, else feels this. On their, dark, on their dark jerseys, if they had put where the red is black and if on their white jerseys they had made it that gray, I can totally see where you're coming from there, yeah. I totally get that. I think you're right. I think those would be much better done that way and just streamlined. I mean, so. they nailed they nailed everything else. Everything else was. Uh, I can't picture a a more fun sports story than what Vegas was. I Maybe when Lester won soccer, but I mean, we're way out of this. 
I, oh, I know. <laughs> and I mean, and, 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 and just because, well, again, while we're just ripping on jerseys, uh, can I just talk about how briefly um, how the Dallas Stars jerseys constantly look like just St. Patty's Day warmups? Oh yeah, that's another it's one. Just, they look they yep. like they. That's another one. The white one's fine to me, but the dark colored home one, it looks like a low budget feeder league somewhere else. Yeah, it's just it's, it's really just, boring because it's just black and gray, yeah. um, and white. Like again, it's just though, because it's that, and it's and it's. I we were talking about this, I think, on Twitter about like how they're trying to stay away from the North Stars just because there's such a complicated history. Yeah. And, and, and so they're trying to eliminate the gold kind of thing. Yeah. But still, it's just, they're, it looks like but shit. Again, I'm going to get back to you. They'll give you everything else before they finally give you what you want. We're going to get those yep. stars back. We're going to get those 90s star jerseys back with like the star down on the bottom helm and the foot and crease gold era. They're going to be back. They're just going to oh, get that, that, that jersey is the best jersey in the history of hockey to score a uh, foot in the crease Amica winning goal on. <laughs> Especially since that's what the NHL All-Star jerseys looked like at the time. Oh, that was yeah. so bold. That was so strange. That was the, the, the NHL, because I remember that I would have, I had Animal from the Muppets. I had I had all four of them. Oh, um, man. I, oh, I mean, Someone McDonald's was crushing good. the ice hockey merchandise at one point. That was, I got this little, like, those little goalie masks you used to be able to get. I still have my Felix the Pavman goalie mask. I still have my at McDonald's. I still have my Bruins one upstairs somewhere. I can't remember if it's it's either Bill Ranford or Blaine Locker. What are I, I thought guys? it was Byron Defoe. It might be Byron <laughs> Defoe. It might be Byron Defoe. There was a brief area where like the Bruins didn't really have a. Um, you know, like a go-to guy, like kind of between Andy Moog and uh, and and Tim Thomas, it was a bit of a revolving door and there. Every for a while. dude sounds like a fifties beat poet. Andy Moog. But I mean, they had they had Potvin in there for a stretch. They had like they had a pile of guys in, but but yeah, the fact that the Dallas Stars in in Kerouac the, was in there. <laughs> the fact that the Dallas Stars did in fact have jerseys that were the same pattern as the uh like the same pattern as the league's jersey league's all-star jerseys is just mind-boggling to me uh yeah it's so weird and they start at the same year like they brought them in as their thirds in 97 which was the year the nhl stopped using them i think uh, i'm just trying to find this here i got it in front of me we're just waiting for the nhl to drop like, uh, you guys are you guys done with that or <laughs> yeah, uh, done. yeah it was the nhl ran those jerseys from 94 to 97 and and the stars started using the pattern in 97 guess what's so coming? i guess they. oh like, my god there's definitely like a board meeting someone came in and like the year after yeah what's gonna die first guys the all-star game or daylight savings time oh man oh please please both at once yeah same car situation um yeah i just i just oh man i uh hate daylight savings time um the all-star game i can kind of i can kind of fuck around with like i i just think they need to keep playing with the format honestly i'm at a point where what i want them to do is just blow up all these um I want them to blow up the uh, all the the stadium series and all that shit, and just give us an outdoor all star game. That's what I want. I want the all star game to be the outdoor thing. Yeah, but Mike, those stadium games make so much money, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying all like I'm not saying like get rid of like the like was the Winter Classic. Also, Winter Classic's a thing, but like all star classic outdoors. Hell, make them throw sticks. One's Do coming. It. One's coming to Halifax, I think, if they build that football stadium. So leave them along as yeah. long as they build that fucking stadium. That's in another Halifax. thing. Is take them take do do the NHL All Star Game 
outside NHL cities and just try to expand to different markets that way oh, and do them totally. as outdoor games, that's the way to do the All-Star game. And send you all know, of- You know what I think would be fun for an All-Star game is if you had a very, very short format three-on-three tournament with all the teams. So every team just got to send like five guys and they still represented their own teams, but it was a very mini style, like three-on-three tournament that it was like, all right, first to three, if you single elimination, if you lose, you're out. It's like that video Not game worth hits. anything. Maybe, maybe you play, pardon me? It's like that video game hits from like the 2000s where it's just three guys. Well, yeah, that, and that'd be fucking awesome. Maybe like you'd be like, okay, whoever wins, get X amount of charity money for your I said a, a, a charity in your city and I, then just let them go the three out of three rule I, I, w- I even like the idea of going back to what the all-star games were like way back in the day which is um, do like the Stanley Cup champions against an all-star team of everybody else Oh, I don't remember yeah, but that. I mean, with that many teams now, though, it's crazy. I know. You're you, going to have Max you, Talbot matching up with, like, a fucking 2004 Rick Nash. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, and I know that wasn't all. It was, like, the host teams. Like, I know the first couple All-Star games were done as charity events for um, for players. So, like, That's, it was when Ace Bailey uh, had his career-ending injury. They did a fundraiser for Ace Bailey, and so the Leafs played the NHL All-Stars. Imagine getting your fourth line stuck out against that format, though. Oh, my God. Poor Freddie Goche out there chasing, <laughs> chasing around. Yeah, but you're talking about this in a scenario in which a fourth line Freddie Goche is on the Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> oh. Uh, hey, man. The, the heart wants what it wants. And, and you know what? I, I should also say, how dare, how dare I say what I just said about Max But That man deserves much better. He had uh, one of the greatest hockey games I've ever seen a human being have live. And, yeah. and beat Mike Babcock. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. That kid had everyone's driveway experience at Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, completely, yeah. right? Like, that's exactly the way you, you, you picture yeah. that whole thing going well, on. I mean, I, I was scoring a third to get the hat trick, but, you know, I didn't make it that far in my hockey career. Yeah. Punched a kid on the bus that wouldn't let me play anymore. Well, you know. <laughs> I will, like, this, if, if, I mean, let's 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 go to fantasy camp real quickly here. All right. If this Keith Dubas team does, I won't even say it out loud. If they do the <laughs> thing, the, the like that is such a great that's such a great sports story. Like, okay, they started together in the OHL, and everyone said they were stupid, and then they won, and then they went to the AHL. And people said that it wouldn't work. And when it was in junior, and then they won. And then everybody was like, there was this big, like, you have these two, like, and like Lou and Babcock both did good things, but they're undeniably representative of an old guard. Yeah. 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 And they leave. And then these little tinkers that it's like, oh, yeah, like letting Justin Hall play and like having a fourth line that you don't bury in your own zone who you actually expect drive the puck into the other net. It's just like this comprehension. Like you, that's the biggest thing I've noticed now. Is when they talk about defending, they're not talking about like, oh, we have to be hard and gritty in front of the net. They're like, no, no. The best way to defend is we need to get the puck transported into the other zone where it's far easier to defend when you're <laughs> a million feet away from your goalie. And it's like, 
how is this new thinking? Like, of fucking course. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I never thought about it because, like, a lot of a lot of hockey opinions, let's be, for the most part, is I heard somebody say something on TV uh, while I was eating a can of SpaghettiOs, and I half heard it, and then I regurgitated it at a party. That is most hockey discourse, in 100%, my opinion. 100%, yeah. And so that's like, I mean, like, I grew up I grew up the same way. I mean, I, I drank the the Brian Burke Kool-Aid. I was like, yes, we do need truculence, a word that I understood. <laughs> oh, I was, see, I was not a truculence guy. I wasn't. I was like, ah, I don't I don't know about that. I don't know if there's a room for Fraser McLaren and Colton Orr on the same oh, well, that, team. That was too much truck. <laughs> That's too, much, too much truck. Was, yeah. I was like, I don't. Uh, there was another guy, too. I'm missing one. There was like Fraser McLaren, Colton Orr. There's one more guy that was there. He had a mean That's mustache. The best clip of that era is Tim Brent blocking three shots on the same penalty kill. It's the most heroic hockey clip I've ever seen in my life. You should Google just Google Tim Brent. Nothing else comes up. <laughs> and, but it is he I mean he had a great he had a great age oh, career cool. and stuff and he he got a good ticket. And I loved him. I thought he was but this one penalty killing shift is like I wanna pin a medal on that man. So good. I mean, I mean guys I mean guys, let's let's like you can say all that you want, but let's not talk about like we can't Greg Campbell with a broken leg against Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, that's true. On the penalty kill, Greg Campbell broke his fucking leg and stayed out to clear the zone and block shots with a broken leg. I did that in ball hockey once. With a broken leg? I broke my knee. I broke my knee, shattered my knee, got up and still managed to clear the puck and then got off. And one dude's like, I'm not ready for a shift. And I'm like, get on. He's like, I'm not ready for a shift. His name was Josh. And he's like, I don't want to go back on. I'm like, fuck you, Josh. I think I just broke my leg. And uh, I did shatter my knee. Uh, man, that's... that's so crazy. I also have a heroic story. One time my dad took me to Mary Brown and I ordered a hot turkey sandwich because I thought that meant spicy turkey sandwich. But it actually means a turkey sandwich drowned in gravy. Yeah. And I cried and still ate it. And then I cried more, and then I played hockey, and I scored four goals. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if you were like a real OG, so I do, hockey... I do have endured great pain. <laughs> my point. If you were I mean, an OG uh, hockey guy, you would eat nothing but hot turkey sandwiches for now. the rest of your career. Yeah, and have heart surgery at twenty five. I mean, in all fairness, in, like I'm not gonna lie, like, I, 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 I've eaten a, a, a turkey dinner and gone out and, and potted in a couple, but yeah, man. Wow. Hot tur- Like, I, I know that, oh my gosh, I had to eat a Mary Brown's hot turkey sandwich. Come on, man. Come on, man. I, I mean, even know Mary Brown's made those. It depends on what Mary Brown's you go to. But it's yeah. a regional thing, like, is it? Well, no, they do. Uh, no, they, it's not hot turkey. It's a hot chicken sandwich that's done. Um, I think if this is, if I'm not mistaken, man, I don't mean to put like hot Turkey in your mouth, but, um, <laughs> from what I remember, Mary Brown's always had a hot chicken sandwich. That was just like chicken that was cut, like cut up. It was, it didn't come. It wasn't like a big Mary. It was like they cooked a chicken and then like cut up, like shredded up the chicken and then put that on the sandwich. And so Correct. it was like a hot Turkey sandwich, but it was actually chicken. Fuck, I've um, got to so read that. everything I know but about if you Mary go to Mary, Mary's diner up on, on, on Torbay road. You can actually get a hot turkey sandwich there. There we go. Not that but I think the big Mary did. is the big Mary is the perfect chicken sandwich. There uh, is a, I, there's, man, there's I, no, there's I haven't gotten anything else at, at Mary Brown's in quite some time. The, the yeah, that's true. I, that's I, I don't, I don't do it. I, I don't, I don't mess around with it simply because I uh, can never convince them not to put a fucking pickle on it. 
and I oh and, buddy, I'm with you. And I hate I, pickles. And I, I have like it's, of, it's okay, like I'm, it's like near phobia. Like if one comes on a sandwich, I will like cut off part of the bun. I love, rather than yeah. risk like any of it touching anything. I so love I'm, pickles. I'm, no, gross. But, oh, but the whatever the pickle does to that bread is unholy. No, it's, it leaves oh, this, no, it, it turns into this weird resin, and it like yeah, it no, soaks, I don't. It soaks the bread with this antifreeze color. Mike's getting sick in front of me. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. It's um, like, oh, no, I'm not going to make the analogy I was about to make. But the pickle just makes it all. It makes it all. It's like the least roster right now. It's like even if what is happening and in, in what's on the roster and the ingredients are very tasty, if there's someone that insists on rubbing a pickle over the top of it, it's not going to perform like it should. <laughs> the pickle talk has literally made Mike leave the room and get sick. It's just me and you, Good. buddy. Good. <laughs> He's going to be so mad when he gets back, too. Pickles are not good, my friends. They're not uh, good. They're I like I like a pickle, man, but it's got no. It got, I got a lot of heat on Twitter over this, too. A lot of people got angry at me. Imagine on the uh, on the internet, people get angry. But uh, I tweeted about the pickle and how it had no business being put on top of a sandwich. And holy moly, man! I think the Alan Hocko guy was like, "You got to get off this island." That's it. You're going to move. Alan Hocko sent you off. I think so. I think if there's any Newfoundlander to send somebody off the island, I think it's going to be him at this point. <laughs> yeah, he probably does have He probably does have, uh, have that kind of power. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely, 100%. Uh, he was on this pod, wasn't he? No, uh, he, he kind of hopped in when we were doing a bunch of live stuff before. Uh, he hopped on. We should get him on sometime because he's a huge Leafs guy. Huge mm-hmm. guy. He actually he said they had to fire Babcock when we had him on for like a hot minute during the heart stroke weekend. Who are we talking about? Hako. Wow. Hako. Yeah. yeah. He said he had. He said they they got to get rid of the coach back in like May. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in all fairness, so did Kyle I've Dubas. I've had dinner with him. I've had dinner with him one time, uh, and it was through like a mutual like work thing, Networking. and that was the night that Austin Matthews got drafted. Oh wow! Yeah. I moved into my apartment that house and uh, that that night and. Uh, I had no internet, no nothing like that. So we left our phones. Uh, we we left our phones all uh, away, and we were moving and moving. And the last thing we got in the house was the couch, and it was the uh, the, the draft lottery story. So the right to draft Austin Matthews, and every for whatever reason, Lucas is always the guy to break big news to me. But I got him the Babcock news, so I've broken that that trend. Uh, so literally the, the last thing we get inside is, is the couch and my phone, I go grab it out of the moving truck and I grab it and there's like 20 missed calls from Lucas wall. So I'm like, well, somebody has obviously passed away. Like somebody, <laughs> <laughs> in a sense they have. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the, uh, it was the Matthews. It's like, they got the first overall lottery pick, but the fucker read him 30 down. He was like, I've got the draft order. And I knew the Leafs like definitely had one because twenty fucking missed calls. But he read them thirty down, so he let like ninety seconds to two minutes just me writhing. It's like tell me, tell just, me, just say oh, it. Oh yeah, he's a showman. Oh, that's incredible. No, that's good. I like. I, I appreciate the showmanship there. Yeah, I really that's do. Showman. Mike, <laughs> yeah, is, no Mike is back after an unfortunate. Honestly, guys, I had to pee and thought that was an organic way to get out of the room. Oh, I faked it. I faked it. Oh, man. Now yep. I got to sleep knowing that. Yeah. No, I uh, no, I, I do, in fact, find them disgusting and don't want to. 
Uh, going back to talking, yeah, no, but that's why I don't order the Big Mary because anytime I order it, I specifically say it and then they don't listen and put it on anyway. And so I just gave up and now I just stick with like the chicken fingers, uh, which are also yeah, delicious. But if you put some bread and mayonnaise and lettuce around those chicken fingers, buddy, you're in a whole new world. And he, but here's the thing is I don't, I'm also not a big mayo guy, but what I, I what I will do from time to time is I will perhaps <laughs> the big Mary is not a sandwich for you period no but here's what you do is you get it with you get it without the mayo but a side of gravy and then you dip the big Mary in the gravy or take it off take off the bun and put gravy on the bun and eat it that is delicious I I do do some gravy dips but uh, I mean listen we can't leave my mayo out of this party place I think it's pulling a lot of weight <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 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 a huge I'm a huge when I get when I get Mary Brown's chicken tenders I'll I'll do the the gravy on the side and use that as my dipping sauce. So that's my Your listeners by the way who are not from an uh, an, uh, an a part of the world that have a Mary Brown uh are very confused right, right. now. Which I think is most of the world. They're everywhere now, man. They're in Istanbul. They've got ones in Florida and stuff. They're they're, they're spreading their oh, wings. Yeah. But Mary Brown's okay. <laughs> if we provided the context if we provided the context of, uh, you're welcome. Wings. You're welcome. If we provided the context of what this hour has 22 minutes is for people, Mary Brown's is the greatest fried chicken place you will ever encounter in your life. It is so good. It's a Newfoundland based company that somehow has the best fried chicken anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but here's the problem. We've already been talking about this for 48 minutes. This is like a Tarantino movie where you have to piece it together at the end. Yeah, that's now, true. We're, ta- we're talking about not Mary Brown's in a non-linear manner. The, uh, the 1980s wrestler, the honky-tonk man, loves Mary Brown's. Is that true? I mean, that's yes, true. of course. That's How is that true, shocking man. at all? Man, uh, I've got another Mary Brown story for you, but it's one that I was I was told I had to keep secret. So I'll tell you guys off the air, and everybody uh, listening can just wonder what it is. But I'll tell you guys when we're when fucking we're, what you have a, you have a non disclosure agreement about a Mary Brown story. What happened to you? Yeah, I, I'll I'll tell you after. Uh, right. <laughs> but, oh. um, well, I, I, yeah. So let's let's just Matt, if you're okay with it, we got a couple other things that were on our list too because we've gone we've tried to talk to you about your comedy career and keep diverting off into other topics we're letting the horses run so (laughs) so i had i had three other topics left on my checklist of stuff we wanted to talk about today and i figured shag it let's let's do it with you on here and we'll just ride out the rest of the show like this if you're cool with that does that sound good certainly if you have the time i know you've been off with us for a while and i don't want to Overcommit. Oh, I'm working twenty. I'm working twenty minutes a day, baby. I'm <laughs> Also, we have a list. That's how professional and organized we are with this podcast. If you're, uh, if you're, no, wondering. I respect it. I, I would expect no less. I would expect no less from you. All right, so Matt, are you? Familiar? Oh, and I will say because actually, now let me let me say this before I forget because I thought about it when we were talking about something else, and I made that joke with Terry at the beginning, and I think that him getting fired from Hill Street is sucks and super stupid. So I just want to let him know I'm on his team. There, that's yeah. no good. Yeah, um, we 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 didn't get too deep into into it, but you know we kind of explained it. He, he that happened. He's taking some time off to kind of focus as he tries to figure out what his next thing is, and uh, um, which is just yeah, it just sucks. I mean, it's 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 also like you know, and I and I said this earlier. We didn't we don't want to talk too much yeah, about it's Terry's um, story, and I think he'll be back. I, I will hopefully s- be back soon to tell I, us. I'll, I will say more than anything else, and this is always going to be my my stance on this is that Terry has a book. He has this podcast. He's done Spit and Chicklets. He's been on radio and, and TV and stuff. And, and he's been a public figure for 25 years. You guys knew what you were getting when you hired Terry Ryan? Come, yeah. the, come the fuck on. Yeah, exactly. Um, you knew exactly what you were hiring and what you want, what you were getting. 
Uh, so I don't know, know how it was offensive. What, what the fuck is you know? It's you anyway. know I when I watched anyway, it I was yeah. like offensive to people named Terry Ryan maybe. <laughs> you know, yes. like it's, he's chirping himself. It's, it's a yeah, whole thing. Either way, it's 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 I I personally think it's stupid. Yeah. Um. And and I, we wish Terry was here because there's one of the things that we have on our list is talking about Don Cherry and Terry oh. talked about Don a little bit uh on Tales with Tr the first episode of his podcast uh last week but and I was here but we didn't have a conversation about it because that's not what that show is. Right. Um. But we're going to talk about it now because we haven't had a chance to since. Well, uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's go with Matt first. So, Matt, Matt what's your take on, on, on the Don Cherry situation? I mean, I, kind of the same way I feel about uh, Babcock in the sense that I do not like to tap dance on graves. But uh-huh. that said, like, I have two grandparents who worked who uh, served in the military. I said worked. Worked in the military. That's not how that works. Um, certainly not in the 50s. And I mean, like, poppies, I think, are very important, but, like, you can explain your passion about that without, you know, race-baiting, basically. You know, it's, it's, the way that he chose to go about that was very alienating to uh, groups of people, and it was, like, it was wrong. You can't say shit like that and it's it's especially on a broadcasted network and all these like free speech people it's like he got paid like millions of dollars like that's expensive speech here's yeah it's not it's not free it's no but but here here's my take on it and and i'll say my my thing before uh, charles comes in um just because we have to have some sort of order to the chaos um my thought on this whole thing is that um it comes down to one word it, it's not you people that's the problem because Don Cherry has used you people to preface talking to various groups his entire career. You people that don't wear visors. You people who order complicated sandwiches in the drive through at Tim Hortons. You people who do like, you know, he's he uses you people as a preface to direct at different groups all the time. The word that posed the problem for me was come. It was, if he says you people that live here and like our milk and honey and do, that's what, and yeah. afterwards he did try to, Afterwards, even after he was given the opportunity to, to apologize and wouldn't, he did, in the media, try to correct himself and say he was talking to everybody who doesn't wear a poppy. Um, and so, to me, yeah, but he was in the media. He was on. He was on Tucker Carlson's fucking White Power Hour. Yeah, yeah. I, know, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And but at the same time, again, I think it all comes down to that one one word. But it's also the case of for the free speech people, it's. Like you said, it's expensive speech. It wasn't he, he didn't go to jail for what he said. He just lost his job from a private company. Yeah, and that and they have that right to do that. So uh, I mean, all right, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. And obviously, um, if you follow me on Twitter, and if anybody knows me, I've been waiting for this for a good while. Um, but Dave <laughs> Dave Bedini from the Globe and Mail summed it up pretty good because in high school and in junior high, I'd be the kind of person who'd be uh, at a party or at a room full of people, and I would shush people when when Dom would come on, mm-hmm. and then slowly I would slope into my couch when Dom would come on. Then I would mute him, and then I. I would listen and and see the clips on YouTube and yell at Don. So it was a slow, slow, slow burn to this. My only thing is that that really, like, and uh, Matt had said, I'm not going to dance on anyone who got fired or anything. Well, 
the only burn that I've got on this, on, on the whole Don Cherry situation, was it was somehow everyone tried to say it's about something that it wasn't. It was about free speech. Well, no, I don't think it no. was because he was race baiting. Some people uh, tried to say, well, it's about old school hockey, which drives me fucking insane because if, if you have any form of divisiveness and you try to tie that to sports, that really, really bugs me. And I've seen people come together over hockey and that's you know i i've i've heard of people who come to this country and uh they, that's how they meet their people at work by talking about mm. hockey and learning about hockey and selecting a hockey team so to do that but the last thing is roger sportsnet did everything they could to shield him from this and he was just adamant on dropping that grenade they went on they apologized they did everything they could ron apologized on his behalf then he goes to the sun the Toronto Sun has a reputation of race baiting. He goes to the Sun, he doubles down, and then it was like, mm, the sponsors get involved. And when and, the sponsors get involved, well, you're, you're going to lose your job. Yeah, and I mean, that's, yeah. Um, and, and more than anything, I think, for me, it, it just comes down to a question of, when my grandfather passed away, he was 89 years old. Pop was my best friend. Um, you know, he's somebody I absolutely adored, worshipped the ground that man walked on. Mm-hmm. He had some problematic like some problematic thoughts being like a near 90 year old man who had grown up through the 20th century in various points of things happening. And yeah, two world wars makes you nervous about people. And so, and so my, my whole thing is as much as I love my pop and I understood who my pop was and, and what he thought and why he thought the way he thought and why he said sometimes the things that he said, as much as I loved him, I would never want him at any point in his late, like through his seventies or eighties, as I knew him for him to have 10 minutes of live television to speak to the nation mm-hmm. because, cool. you know, um, and cause even when he would talk about hockey, he would also fly off on, onto different tangents and, and different things. Like we have over the last couple of minutes talking about this particular topic. And so that's kind of my, for me, it's just, it's, it's, it's it was an inevitability that it was going to happen. I mean, we had Ron on the show not long ago, and he kind of said too that he thought it was just, you know, he knew that Don deliberately would push buttons and yeah, go certain ways, that, and that and, changed and so, my perspective on it too. When Ron said he writes everything out four or five times, what he's going to say, I know it wasn't, and like, and 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 no, but but still, I think and it was also the timing. Uh, Sid Sixero talked about this about how you know for Ron as he as it's happening, he's got somebody in an IBF telling him he's got forty five seconds. 30 seconds are getting ready to throw to a clip and he just has to kind of wrap it up. So he's only half able to kind of catch everything that's going on. And so it's just, it was, a, it was, a, the whole thing is very complicated. And I think that Don Cherry yep. did a lot of, I think that Don Cherry did do a lot of good for the game of hockey over, over the 40 years that he was on television. But there was parts of that, 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 that would, it was happening less and less frequently that, that what he was doing was positive. And, to me, it, it's it's sad that this is the way it kind of goes out, and this is what the legacy kind of like goes on. And but you know, it's it is what it is, and it had, I to, agree. It had to happen. It's the, I, I brought it up when we were talking about Bob Cole last season. It's like you know, the next person to go is going to be Don Cherry. We won't mm-hmm. have this celebration like to get Bob Cole because yeah. he's going to go out guns blazing. Yeah, yeah, he came a lot sooner than I thought it would. Yeah. But yeah. boy, me oh too. boy, me too. I was, it was truly shocking. It was, uh, and I I will say I felt bad for Ron. Ron, I think three public apologies and there's still people on the internet like it's like listen he's i think he he, he wore that pretty hard yeah. man uh, yeah. I, and it's I, like in this whole idea of your apology is good enough well it makes sense at some points like at a certain point it's like no some of you guys are just a little bit bloodthirsty yeah. right now and i don't like, think the you people... felt like people never reconciled for sorry but like people like 
you know, that's a, that's a lifelong friend of his. That is so tricky. He looked, I, I said this, I said this on stage the other day, but it was like, it was like somebody who was apologizing for at a family dog who bit someone. It's like, <laughs> you know, he was wrong. You know, he was wrong, but you still love the guy and new people make him nervous. <laughs> yeah yeah that's wow that is that's perfect oh my god i had something yeah. to add but no i'm not, we're gonna leave it at that i, that's I think the best, i think that's yeah, a good that's way to cap this off yeah, yeah that's the best one to look at there. Um, that's the way to end it so we'll, we'll move into more speaking of new people morgan frost is due to the nhl Woo! Good segue. And, Good segue, <laughs> And NBC Sports Philly put out possibly the greatest Chiron I've oh. ever seen on anybody. Have you seen this, Matt? Yes, and I love it. I'm so excited you're bringing it up. Good yeah. job. Um, so it's Morgan Frost was Chiron after uh, after the Flyers beat the the Canes the other night five three. Um, he's now uh, the he's got goals in both of his. Um, I think in, well, it might've just been his, his first game, but he's got a goal in his first NHL game. And, um, and I guess so does neck, doesn't he? Neck. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a goal in two so games. He's tied, but, uh, <laughs> <Nick>. <laughs> I love how he knows who we're talking about. But, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. So did you see Lillian's Instagram story? Who's? Timothy Lilligren put up an Instagram story and it's a very crudely photoshopped. Uh, Gary Ball's <laughs> head on a draft cartoon body. And it's, it's just, I did not it's see so that. Fun. Uh, but, so anyway, uh, Sports Philly put up, NBC Sports Philly put up a, a Chiron for him. Where it was Morgan Frost, and it says uh, NHL all-time leaders in goals a game, uh, and it's one, like one even. Second is uh, Mike Bossy with .76, and then third, Mario Lemieux <laughs> is .75, and then underneath that, it said, save your sample size comments and it's like my favorite thing it's just it's just it's just incredible and i love uh it's it's like the first thing that's philly sports related that i've ever liked oh wow yeah. it's just yeah. incredible yeah that but was incredible uh, well, second to gritty because gritty's in, yeah, incredible. gritty is. But 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 the yeah, but the, yeah. Now that I think about it, those two things like Philly's kind of crushing it right now. They oh, really yeah. are. I was yeah. just getting ready to say like yeah, between gritty and this and and this kind of stuff like <laughs> those only two things. That's no, all no, but I but I think overall, <laughs> I, overall, I think um because I've seen a couple other people make comments about other things like it that that sports Philly's done like this this and uh, NBCS Philly has done and. It's apparently, yeah, like apparently they've been doing this more and more. And so I think they're really kind of buying into the tone that Gritty is setting for uh, and how well received it was that they're getting a little bit more uh, like irreverent with with what they're doing. And I kind of love it. Our new brand is a scary furry monster with attitude. Get used to it. Yeah, and I love it. I'm completely on board for it. And um, the last thing. Uh, Morgan Frost, son of Andy Frost, by the way, the former public address announcer at the uh, Air Canada Center, now Scotiabank Arena. Oh, interesting. Did not know that. Yep. Did not know that. There you go. Um, Checks in the mail, Andy. Oh, God. I mean, part of me, like, that's very cool, but then part of me is like, oh, God. It it just sucks. I watch a bit of basketball now, and soccer is the same way. If you get these stories that's like, oh, man, uh, this guy was a preacher in Africa until two years ago, and then he played basketball, and he's amazing. And then, but then hockey is like, his dad. How much money did your dad make? 
know, you worked on Q107 and there was the public address announcement. I don't know if no, the but, Q10. I mean, it's still growing up around the game and stuff. Well, but, fair. I don't know how much I, of the Q107. Yeah, you know what? I, I, yeah, and I, I'm wrong in that sense. That's yeah. kind of a, that's, I do hold that opinion, but I don't think. But if the Q107. So my apologies to the entire Frost family. Uh, if no, the and Q107 I mean, like, you know what? people I, are listening, though. I could do that. Nicole? <laughs> no, Can but, but I mean, I get what you're saying too, because you don't want speak. You know, we talked about Don Terry a minute ago. You don't want to go the other way with regards to somebody who said some stupid stuff too. Um, that was just going back the other way. This whole Jess Allen thing. It's just that, that one just makes me mad too. Cause it's just a whole other, and hockey is, is working so hard to be, to, to, to become such an inclusive sport and, and to be recognized as such. And it's just shitty comments or shitty yeah. comments on both, both directions. Um, and like, here's the thing too, is hockey is a niche sport. We are not a large game. If you look at other sports, we are missed. Like we need all the new fans that we can get. We yes. really do. It's like, it's not, it's, people are like NASCAR is bigger than hockey in the States. I'm pretty sure it's like, we can't really be turning people away. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and, uh, and yeah, like I just, it, yeah, I, I, NASCAR's huge. NASCAR is huge. I mean, I just like, I, uh, but that said, I had more conversations about hockey in South Carolina than I did NASCAR. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the guy who gave me the, the, the quote about turbulence, who's the guy who said that grew up in Johnstown. Whoa. Going to like Jets and, and Chiefs Ooh, games, which yeah. is like very cool. He was telling me all about like when Paul Newman was in town, how cool it was. Like, cause he was a kid back. It was, it was really cool. He um, makes a hell of okay, a Okay, I misheard you. I misheard you. And I thought, I thought you said Jones. <laughs> like the cold community. And I was like, holy shit, Nick, he's he going to bury in the lead. <laughs> he made it a little off. Oh, my God. John, no, Johnstown. And, I mean, there was, from what I've heard about that hockey team, there was also some massacres there. But we're going to just, I'm going to make that inappropriate joke and move on now. Because uh, the last thing that I actually had, uh, I've only got one thing left on my checklist because it was just talking about Morgan Frost, which you did. So the last thing I have on my checklist is just something that it's more so something I want to rant about because I'm kind of mad. Oh, um, boy. so get ready. Buckle up here. It's here go. Here, here's a gun. Here we go. Here we go. This week, Hockey Canada announced that they are changing the names of all the divisions. So it's going to be U6, U13, U like under 13, under 16, under 18. This was, from what I understand, done to clarify the age groups at which you were dealing with. But every news organization everywhere reported it as Hockey Canada is getting rid of the term midget. And so so everybody is getting mad about this because hockey can't. And, and to me, from my understanding of it, it is not a politically correct, like political correctness issue. It is an issue of they're clarifying the terms for what the leagues and divisions are. So you know that if you have a kid playing what has always been called midget, it's under 18. If it's, a, you know, it's under under whatever it's bantam. Under, yeah, I you know, even, so it's being done to clarify the age groups, not to, not necessarily just to, 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 to wash out 
the, uh, the the politically incorrect terms, but every news organization positioned it that way so people would get, get mad, mad about it on Twitter and turn every straight news story about it into clickbait nonsense so people would argue in the comments. So I thought I thought yep. that the uh, I thought the highest grade was bantam. I thought the under 18s were bantam. Nope. So uh, okay, yeah, see, under 18s midget, under uh, 16 is bantam, under yeah, 14 is, and, and the thing is, is that they've changed it too because it used to kind of follow grades and now it follows like birth years and stuff okay. so all that's it makes sense to clarify these terms this way but because of the way that that news organizations and media outlets reported it they did it so that it would be engagement baiting this, so people would comment and like or, or put up angry emojis or whatever <laughs> and fight in the comments of all their posts and stories on it and it just, angry just makes me so mad well it, it, that goes almost goes back to the Don Cherry thing the people that got mad at Ron McClain and the people that got mad at it's like that's not about hockey that's about something else yeah. people were getting mad at this that's not about hockey that's about yeah. something else no but but that's the thing yeah. it was about hockey and they tried and and the way it got reported the lead was set up in such a way that it made it seem like it was about something else yeah. and it wasn't yeah yeah and i mean th this is something that this is this is itself is much larger than hockey but the reality is right now the mandate of most publishing companies whatever that means anymore is what will get the most amount of people talking and yep. human brains are limited in the sense that we are pulled to negative stuff much faster than positive stuff and it seems like the biggest stories are these little things but really it's like no this is a very inflammatory issue that if you talked about in real life most people wouldn't give a gentle shit about <laughs> <laughs> but because it's on the internet and you see like holy shit 11,000 people are talking about this. Never mind that 11,000 people is not that many. We'll, we'll start with that. Yeah. Uh, two, it's, these, it's, it takes, a, and I say this as one of them, it takes a special kind of person to get through an argument on the internet. Yeah. You never, you never read a book of like successful people. It's like, here's my daily routine. I wake up, I eat my overnight oats, and I put on my clothes that I sit out the night before. Then I get into a big fucking fight with a guy <laughs> with an egg pitcher on Twitter, and then I get on the treadmill. It's like, no, it's like this is a dysfunction, and we're amplifying it, and it's wrong. Yep. <laughs> There's an image. And also, of I will, I like that they changed the names because I would like to have, like, I think that is handy if I'm trying to remember my past. People are like, uh, people are. I had to think of the other day, like, how old was I in grade seven? And I was like, I don't know, 21? It just blurs <laughs> more and more. Just tell me how old everyone is in every division of everything. It's so much simpler. They said you got midget, you got, like, Bantam, which sounds like the, what they almost named Gotham City, and they changed their mind at the last. It's all mosquito was in baseball. What are Pee -wee, we talking Adam, about? Adam, novice. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I was grown adult. Got like, you got to go with Adam spelt A T O M, wasn't yep. it? Yeah, I forgot about that one. And so, I mean, like, and I, and I could be wrong. Maybe it was, in fact, try it. Like, you know, I, I'm sure that removing the term, because it is something people have been kind of going after for a couple of years, and I'm sure removing that particular term was part of, of why the conversation about changing it came up. But at the end of the day, it's just a logical thing to change those names from the traditional names. Uh. Um, somebody I saw, I think my, uh, my wife Maria showed, like, shared a tweet with me the other day that just said tradition is just peer pressure from dead people. 
<laughs> oh my god! And that is amazing. You know who? You know who else just shared that on the internet? My father. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's totally true. Hundred um, percent. And, and that's what it is. So so it's people hanging on to these kind of traditions and these traditional terms. But like things change, and and, and just moving away from from. Um, you know, moving away from this term, I think that I, again, I think it was for a point of clarity about the age groups that were participating. I don't think it necessarily was solely because they wanted to eliminate what some people saw as a problematic term. Um, cause I mean, at this point it's really the only place that term gets used anymore. So, mm. um, hopefully, um, so yeah, I think it's, I think the pro wrestling world is still holding on to it. Yeah. Well, you know, not the just, pro wrestling world. You know. That's and that's the thing is it's like, you know how politically like, correct can pro wrestling no, ever but get, it's just though. like it's you know, it's 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 just really awkward when people are like advertise midget wrestling and you show up and it's just a bunch of fifteen year old kids and you're like, ah damn it, it's the wrong kind of <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> we, we, reg we regret to inform you the character of the Iron Sheik was insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that man is still a character. He's, yeah, no he's still, uh, but oh man! Uh, <laughs> but that was a lot. We actually made it through the whole big list we of things that we haven't list? talked about in a couple of weeks because my basement was flooded and not in a fun way. Um, <laughs> Wait, what is the fun way? Is that is that a sexual thing? I don't know if I like that. It's it's it's. it's I don't it, know if I'd like. It's that. It, it, no, it's 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 a euphemism. If someone says that my base, you know, being told that someone's basement is flooded could often be a positive thing. Um, I think you're confusing it with the roof is on fire, and I think you're way up. No, no. Think about it. Think about it. When I'm after I tell you the Mary Brown story, once we're off air, I'll explain. I'll explain this other part we're, for we've you. We got the blue section coming up with the but, uh, but Matt, you are in Kitchener uh, tonight, which doesn't help anybody because this podcast won't go up for a few days. But uh, where else is this tour going over the next little bit? And probably um, probably assume nobody's going to hear about tomorrow or Monday. <laughs> assume Tuesday. Is the first uh, well, day. no, that's okay. I mean, we're almost done now, and I mean, Danny is very famous, so he uh, luckily does not need my help selling any tickets. So, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to Calgary, Edmonton, uh, Regina, and Winnipeg next week, and Ooh, all Danny's Winnipeg. dates are at hahaha.com. And then I'm going to I'm going to be doing some more stuff in the coming years. If I could plug anything, I'd plug my album. I highly recommend checking out the album. You've got two vasectomy babies been out for a couple of years, but uh, existing is exhausting is available now kind of anywhere you get things on the internet. So you can uh, get it through Apple music and Spotify and all that stuff, right? No, it's not, actually Spotify. not on Spotify. Not on Spotify. Yeah, I remember seeing a post. About I don't make any, I don't make any money on Spotify. And as I said, on the internet, I prefer some money to no money. But if someone really wants it that badly and 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 doesn't have a way that's not Spotify to get it, just like message Matt and he'll send it to you. Cause... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you're if, you're, uh, if you if you don't have any money, <laughs> but you don't need to tell me that or tell me why, you can just send me a message and I will send it to you. Yeah, uh, and it's and it's fantastic. I've listened to. I can a I can hear my through. own stupid laugh on it because I was there when they recorded that. I miss so the every, recording. Every but... now and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's my dumb laugh. Well, I did the thing. Oh, I love that. 
<laughs> I, I did the thing. Um, I did the thing where I, I got the record and I listened to it. And I think I, I listened to it just like in a, like as soon as I got it. And then I put it on the, in an, on in the car for Maria on the, like the way home from work. And then we went to the show. <laughs> and so like there were parts of that record. I heard like three times Man. in the same day. Jumped in with both. Oh, Cause, that's- it was, Cause it was great, but it was still just like, I, 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 I was like, Oh wait, I know where the segue's going. This is going to be funny. And I still laughed incredibly hard every time uh because oh, you are you. uh an incredible comedian and i'm so happy for everything's happened to you I'm happy uh that you're a buddy of mine and i can be like i i you know knew that guy somehow i don't even i don't <laughs> wow even, that's out of confidence you failed out of that yeah they were friends, my god yeah <laughs> yes no matt is my friend uh, this is this is probably the first time we've done a podcast where i haven't had to get the number of the guest from somebody because oh, i just had it in oh, my phone look at that yeah he's so, in the phone book you know that's sounds it. like the old podcast is going downhill boys <laughs> <laughs> hey are you are you back in town the beginning of part of december uh, yes, I will oh. be back on December 6th. Oh, for perfect. Months. For months. Months. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so we well, should watch a game and we should, I tell you what we should do. We should, uh, I'll grab the misses and we should do the Tiki bar. If that's still an option. I was telling her about it. Uh, when are you going into Gander for, uh, are you going in for Christmas? Yeah, I'll be there from like Christmas Eve until like the 28th probably. Okay, good. Cause I'm having a Tiki Tibbs party. Tiki Tibbs. All right, buddy. Well, shoot me all the shoot me all the details. Yes, I will. Uh, I'll. Uh, I'm sure soon the the Facebook thing will come up, and I'll send it. I'll send you stuff. But yeah, it's, I don't uh, have Facebook, so you got to text me. All right, you don't. You got rid of the because I still. But it's just the comedy page, right? So. Yeah, and the only thing is now I don't know which of my relatives are right. So that's the only thing that I uh, have missed out on. Oh, oh I had a hard week with that a few weeks ago. Oh man, it's oh uh, yeah. Oh, jeez, Uncle Jim. What just? <laughs> I mean, it's safe to assume most of them. Um, <laughs> at least that's that you know. Uh, but, Not uh, most. I wouldn't say most at the uh, at well, the risk of shaming my family. Well, I mean, here's here's the thing. You're like you said, you're going home for Christmas. You'll figure it out pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Matt. Thank you so much. Uh, so you can find Matt at Matt Wright Comedy kind of across the way. He's posting some great videos, too, of clips from the live show and different things. Um, oh, it's so Matt Wright to- Comic. I changed it. Oh, Matt Wright Comic. God, all right. I'm being so hard to get along with it. So Matt Wright Comic across all this stuff is where you can find Matt. I'm at Hickey Comma Mike. I'm at Smokes Indoors. We are at 3MI Podcast, and you can find 3MIPodcast.com for shopping and shirts and, and silly things and, and old episodes and all that kind of stuff. Terry will hopefully be back soon with us, but in the meantime, you can drop him a line at Terry Ryan 20 or Terry Ryan 2020. Um, 2020 is, is Instagram, Instagram. And, and 20 everywhere else. Uh, but until you know, next time, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week to yeah. shout out to you a little bit more about hockey. Thanks for tuning in. You hang around with the worst crowd, the worst crowd, the worst crowd.